Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. everybody, it's Wednesday, December 11th, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hola. Mr. Bob Ryer. Hello. And rejoining us, Miss Stephanie Cook. Hey, hey, hey. Stephanie, you are back with us. I am. And you made it back to Canada. Thankfully. You are once again in the Great White North. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Stephanie, why don't you share some of your uh, your travel <laughs> misadventures of the past oh. week or so? Well, so for like the last couple of weeks, I obviously haven't been on the show. And um, I was supposed to try and make it back for Tuesday last week for um, the show and for the discussion with Trina Robbins. But um, I wound up getting delayed. Um, so I was in, I was at a signing with, uh, Bill in Chicago and I was planning on driving home and with a car that an extra car that Bill had, I'd done the research and I thought I had gotten everything. Well, I did get everything that the woman had told me dealt with, but I drove from Minnesota to Detroit and, um, got there and the woman hadn't given me the right information. Oh boy. So when I got to the border, the Canadian government, like the customs agency, turned me around. They had tried to find a bunch of loopholes for me, but in the end, I was just missing like one thing that was like absolutely necessary. Okay. So um, without getting into that too much, I got turned around. And like, so I was already like feeling pretty crappy about that. I was like, seriously, like hysterical because I'm like, how am I supposed to get home? What am I going to do? I have to move. Um, and so this border crossing guy or on the Canadian side, like, you should just go to the Detroit airport and leave the car there and then fly home. And I'm like, um, no, (laughs) I mean, it's not a rental car. I can't just really leave it Mm -hmm. in Detroit. (laughs) Well, Detroit's much better now because it's mostly abandoned. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But anyway, so I got back, I had to be sent back across the border and like the Canadian customs like wrote a note, uh, like an official note saying like why I'd been sent across back, <laughs> rejected, Epstein's I guess. Mother. Mm. And um, so I got to the American side and they didn't think the note was like, I don't know, acceptable to just be like, well, you've just been here. So clearly it couldn't have been, you know, you couldn't have clearly smuggled that much from Canada. <laughs> so they pulled me into like an inspection station and um basically the guy was like the first he has me rolled down the window he's like do you do drugs i'm like nope (laughs) i don't and i was like he's like just grilling me and he makes me like give him my phone and my the keys to the car and he's like go inside and 
you know, I go and sign in at like this inspection station and I get called up. I'm already like shaken and just kind of like wanting to get out of here. And this like woman calls me up to the front and I'm not entirely sure if calling her pure evil would be accurate. <laughs> I didn't know this at the time, just she was pure evil. But, mm, you know. <laughs> anyway, so she calls me up and she starts like grilling me. She's like, you know, asking me like 5,000 questions and like long story short kind of thing. Like she just like, what do you do for a living? What do you make? Where do you live? And I'm like, oh, I live in like Toronto. And she's like, oh, do you rent? And I'm like, no, I live there with my grandma. She's like, so you don't have a home? And I'm like, well, no, I do have a home. I just live there with my grandma right now. And she's like, well, that's not a home now, is it? And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And then, like, she just kept on, like, it wasn't even like she was asking me things and, like, making notes. Like, she was commenting on everything. Like, I told her how much I made. She's, like, guffawing at me at that. She's like, wow. (laughs) That sucks. And I'm like, it doesn't really. I feel like it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm like, also, I live with my grandma. And she's like, again, we already established that that's not really living now, is it? And I was like, oh, you are delightful. <laughs> I don't understand why you don't have a wedding ring on. I don't. <laughs> but anyways, she kept, like, berating me with all these things. And finally, like, this guy, the guy who's inspecting my car comes back in. And he's like, oh, she has a car full of laptops. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Are you even looking in my car? And he's like, yeah, she has a car full of laptops. And I'm like, I have a laptop. He's like, uh. And I'm like, and an iPad? And he's like, yeah, that's what I said, a car full of laptops. And I'm like, I feel like that's not accurate. And then the girl turns to me and she's like, at this point in time, we're denying you entry to the U.S. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) And she's like, quite frankly it's not my problem and i don't care take a wow. taxi i'm seven or six hours away from toronto at this point and i'm like um can you like do something because that's not really about that <laughs> and the guy goes back out and inspects my car and starts like tearing it apart even more and she tells me to go sit down i'm also wearing space cat leggings at this point in time <laughs> so she sees those and then like does the most dramatic eye roll I've ever seen in my life and goes, oh, and I'm like, could this day seriously get any worse? (laughs) And all these people in the office are like looking at me like, shit, girl, that sucks. (laughs) And it just keeps on going on. And then like she calls me back up and starts like going through my purse and it's like tearing everything apart again. And then, you know, like she starts screaming at me at one point. She's like, I swear to God, if you've lied to me about anything, anything at all, Tell me now, because if you don't, I'm gonna, not only will I not let you into the country this time, but you won't be allowed back in for the next 10 years. And I'm like, what? Wow. And like, I started like crying after the whole, like, she's not letting me into the country. Cause like, I was like, this is too much. I can't cope with this. Mm-hmm. And then she starts screaming at me to stop crying. And I'm like, not helping. <laughs> and like, long story short, it was basically the worst. And Eventually, they let me back in, but they were like, you have to prove that you're a full-time resident of Canada. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? I'm pretty sure my passport tells you when I come and go from the country. Mm -hmm. She's like, yes, but you spend a lot of time in the States. And I'm like, I spend, like, weekends here once every three months. She's like, I think you're secretly living in the States. And I'm like, you can see it on my passport that I go home. It's like, 
all of this stuff that's in my purse not enough? She's like, the burden of proof falls on you. It's not my problem. I'm like, I just proved to you. I can show you bank statements. She's like, oh, great. Show me that. I'm like, they're in the car on my phone. She's like, no, you can't get your phone. <laughs> I'm like, well, how am I supposed to prove it? She's like, again, it's not my problem. The burden of proof falls on you. It's like, this is the worst. <laughs> I got finally got through and basically had to drive like, like all the way back to Minnesota, though, from there. So it was really horrible. And then I got stuck at the airport when I was trying to fly back. <laughs> I know. Like, it was seriously so terrible. I got a flight out and I didn't get like, there was no problem getting across um, through security and all that. But Delta apparently had like a conspiracy to keep me <laughs> in the USA. Because like, not only did I have one plane with mechanical errors at the Minneapolis airport, not only did I have two, I had Four airplanes with mechanical <laughs> failures. Whoa. Four. And, like, they kept on sending us to new gates. And, like, after an hour, they'd be like, yeah, so... And the poor gate agent's like, yeah. So, I really hate to be the, your gate agent again to tell you this. But this plane also has mechanical errors and is not able to fly. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And I knew it wasn't her fault. Like, I, was n I wasn't rude to her at all. Like, it was like I tweeted my anger. <laughs> but, oh, it was like the worst. I was like, <laughs> I'm sick of America. I'm going home to home on my cat. <laughs> oh, so. Eventually that did happen. Mm -hmm. But, like, it took a while. That is an atrocious travel story. Mm -hmm. It was really awful. Yeah. Now, if so. we had the name of that customs agent, we could give it here on the show, but then you wouldn't be allowed back in the country for 20 more years. So yeah. we'll, we'll just shtum. And... No. So I have to somehow prove that I am a full-time Canadian resident. Then I, I have to bring, like, bills and a lease to the next time. Like, no, you have to bring Tim Horton donuts. Yeah. Would I have these? <laughs> <laughs> Feel like your logic is flawed. I'm obviously not living in the states. Yeah. Also, healthcare. Why would I live legally in your country? Yeah, this is Canada. Yeah, it might be cold, but like, come on. <laughs> You're like, look, I know a lot about hockey, so obviously yeah. I am a Canadian resident. Duh. Yeah, exactly. Quiz me. Go. Yeah. Go. <laughs> oh, oh man, that is yet. crazy story. Let's do a hockey off. I will beat you in hockey, not like physically, like punch right, 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 yeah. But while you're playing hockey, you might beat her. Yeah, but those are just, like, hockey rules that doesn't mm -hmm. really apply. Like, right. you know, it's it can't be a vendetta if it's hockey. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That is an insane story. That is a crazy story. Um, and actually, really, the first time I'm hearing it fully as well, because I didn't want to ask you when I talked to you a couple days ago, because, like, I don't want to make her go through it again right now. Uh, I wrote up, like, the full thing on, like, my... Uh, on my blog, and um, I know, like, someone, uh, one of the, co a comic person, his wife, saw my thing on Twitter, and she had, like, U.S. immigration lawyers on standby for me. Oh, wow. Oh, lovely. And it turned out, like, um, a friend of a friend was, like, the head of security for the Minneapolis airport. So, like, a lot of people were on standby for me, just in case I had further problems, but... That's great. <sighs> it was not great. 
These are stories you hear for, about other people. You yeah, I know. You know anyone that they actually happened to. And oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've lived beside the border. Like, I grew up, like, not a few kilometers away from um, the border in, like, Watertown, Syracuse, Upper New York. Mm-hmm. And so I've traveled through the States, to, through the States, like, all my life pretty well. And I've never, ever, 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 ever met a customs person that was, like, that horrible. I've never met anybody that wasn't, you know, if they were surly, they're just like, mm-hmm, passport, cool, bye. Right, yeah. So. Yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah, sometimes yeah. The, <laughs> some public servants are not very nice people. And when I went to traffic court for a speeding ticket, they talked to the people like they were hard inmates in a, in a prison. Wow. Like they were, they, she, the guy, this one guard was yelling, like screaming at this elderly Asian woman because she didn't know where to go. She was like, I don't, I don't know where to, I, I, and I didn't even see, I was standing in like a doorway and I see the guy yelling. He's like, where are you supposed to be? Where are you supposed to be? I hear somebody like, I don't know. And he's like, show me the paper. Just give me the paper. Give me the paper. And I'm thinking, like, I'm gonna see like, like a uh, like a girl in her twenties or somebody. Not that make it any, uh, yeah. make, make it much better, but so like, someone like maybe an attitude or something. No, it's like an elderly Chinese woman who <laughs> doesn't know what yeah, she's yeah. doing or where she's going. And this guy is just berating her because because he doesn't because she doesn't know. I yeah. seriously don't understand how they think they can treat people like that. Mm, because in those situations, they have power. Absolute yeah. power. I have to go to like the Canadian um, border patrol and get the whatever she wrote on my file like mm-hmm. wiped off because I wasn't doing anything wrong. Right? No, no. not at all. Ugh, so yeah. it was a stunt by Bill. Actually, he knew sending yeah. you in that car, you weren't <laughs> getting across. Oh. He's laughing back in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. They went through like I had all these furniture things too because like I had all this stuff on my phone because I'm moving. Mm-hmm. And so they were going through it, and like when I turned on my phone again, there was like they were in my emails about furniture and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I hate everything. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That really, really sucks. That can be a very scary situation too when someone with that kind of power is holding you like that. It's really, yeah, it's really horrible. A woman with no country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have this made into a comic, stuff. Yeah. I know. Somebody was like, you should, like, after, like, the whole, uh, it was, like, almost planes, trains, and automobiles. Like, mm-hmm. if I'd taken a train, I would have had, you know, some Hollywood person <laughs> calling me the next day to be like, can we buy the rights to your story? <laughs> they may, yeah. Yes. By the time I get home, I'll have the screenplay done, if I ever get home. <laughs> well, you're safe. You're back now. Um and as you said, you're moving, so things are things are moving for you. So yeah, no more Alma stories. Those all just have to be by phone. Yeah, Aww. or via Christmas ho- or like holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, w- today on the show, um, other than Stephanie's travel stories, we're going to be uh, obviously, of course, doing book of the week, um, and we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, the upcoming um, movies, uh, the, the comic movies, because this week has obviously been a, a deluge of, of news and trailers and all of this stuff with comic book movies. It's been unavoidable, and so we want to talk about that stuff and, and kind of talk about which ones we're excited for and which ones we are um, maybe not so excited for and what we think about um, some of the casting decisions and story ideas that have been floated uh, in in this past week or so. Um, 
But uh, before we get to that, of course, we are going to do our books of the week. So that's kind of going to be our new segment. Usually we do news and then books. We're going to go right into books. Oh. Time to books is going to be a lot, shorter than, a lot shorter than normal here. Usually oh. it's like 45 minutes until we talk about a book. This time we're at 15 minutes that we're going to talk about a book. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, but just so you guys know, um, we are coming up to the end of the year uh, awards uh, starting next week. We're going to be uh, deliberating our nominees uh, for our best of 2013 um uh those of you who uh listened last year know it was uh at times uh tumultuous <laughs> combative <laughs> combative uh we are going to attempt to make it a little less combative but still um just as thorough and just as impassioned to, for, to get our lists <laughs> we're arm Fine. wrestling this out year. for blood your ideas are stupid <laughs> exactly you name it read it <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to get some pizza. Yeah. <laughs> How could you have a pain if you didn't bring it? <laughs> we I think are going. We should all drink. Yeah, well, uh, what that's, that's happening? Gonna happen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> if you guys have any of your ideas and any of your lists you want to send in, make sure you send those in. Uh, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We'll be putting stuff on Twitter and Facebook as well because we're going to record and then we're kind of going to be on hiatus for a couple of weeks, and you're going to hear those episodes uh, kind of for for the break for the holidays. So uh, that that's coming up. Uh, but today, like I said, is, is a much more of a normal show. Before we get to books, though, actually, I lied. Mm. We're not going to get right into books. Um, <gasps> Bastard. We've been talking about this for the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, um, got a lot of questions about mm-hmm. it, and I, I've been watching it on Marathon, but I caught up with Arrow. Uh, I've watched probably about 22, 23 <laughs> episodes in the last week. That's how it Oof. happens. Yeah. Beast. Yeah. Uh, the whole first season on Netflix, and then I had been DVRing the second season, so I just I burned through that. Um, right up to the last week's episode. So, new episode is airing. If you're listening to us on Wednesday when it goes up tonight, uh, the, the mid-season finale for the show. But uh, I watched the the newest episode, which is the introduction of Barry Allen into the uh, Arrow universe. And I mean, I'm not going to say anything that anybody probably hasn't said. I mean, Steve has said it a few times uh, on the show. But uh, I, I think that um, once you get about halfway through that first season. Uh, it really starts to find its footing and, and find the right balance between the uh, the uh, superhero stuff and mm-hmm. the more uh, you know soap opera stuff that's part of the the the, the, the romantic element of the show and, and the kind of family drama of the show. It finds a, a much better balance. I think the balance is kind of askew in that in that first few episodes, um, and then I think they get they get a little better. <laughs> but I think right by halfway through, they they start to nail it and. Uh, it's uh, you know whether it's because it's what they wanted to do or because they had to do it because they couldn't they didn't want to interfere or they were told not to interfere with any of the big players in the DC universe outside of Ali, uh, but their attention to detail as far as these are there are interpretations of characters that are different in the comics, but their attention to detail and their attention to the smaller areas of the DC universe is, for, as a comic fan is very impressive. I mean we we're, we're talking about down to the fact that. When uh, Slade Wilson mentions his son, he calls him Joe, which is ends up being a he ends up being a major player in the Teen Titans. He's Jericho in the Teen Titans, but little stuff like that. You know, mm. he's talking those those details are fine in there. They've mentioned, I mean, Star Labs is becoming a much bigger part of it as we go along here. Argus is is a big part of it. We've mm. gotten Amanda Waller. We you know we've gotten you know Count Vertigo. We've gotten uh, you know Professor Ivo. We've gotten all of these things. All of these characters who are. Um, you know, sideline of DC Universe and smaller, smaller parts of it, who uh, are, are major parts of the Arrow universe, um, as, as well as a couple of I mentioned Barry Allen, and then there's a there's a big not a twist, but a reveal at the end of uh, this past episode mm-hmm. that brings in a major, major player from the DC universe uh, to come, and, and it's 
it's been great to I think see the 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 uh, the writing, the directing, and the acting kind of grow into the series. I think that um, Stephen Amell, who I think started out a little bit uh, robotic, has really kind of come into his own uh, as that character. I, I I believe him. You know, I believe that not only is he physically fit the role, but he mentally fits the role now. And you get a sense of sharpness and smartness from him. You get a, a sense of, of drama. You get a sense of humor. You get all of these things. Uh, and I, it's, I think it's been, you know, really great. And I think the addition of uh, him having kind of his, like, Scooby gang, his, like, Diggle, mm-hmm. and uh, Felicity, Felicity especially, I think has been, once, once she started becoming a regular player in the show, I think the show started to find its stride. Uh, she's amazing on that show. Yeah, she's really, really good. I, I think that, it's become a really, really good show, and the the they've, like I said, they've pushed, they've minimized character involvement, and they've minimized the bats about some characters, so that I think even the characters you don't like at first come off a little better. Um, you know, it's important some characters have to be the heavy, and I feel like what they've done to uh, Laurel, especially in this season, is they've made her kind of the. They've kind of switched her role with the father's role in the first season, which was always chasing after the arrow and kind of being the the one who's always kind of the killjoy of the show. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of made her that in this season, and I and I think that it's made her character uh, a little bit more unlikable. Uh, <laughs> if it's even possible. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind her. I think she's decent, you know. And I think that she's mainly given, but she's given that stuff to do. She's given that like, I've got to be the either I've got to be the scorned you know lover, or I've got to be the jealous girlfriend or you know they, they, they kind of ping pong her within these these roles and I, I think that makes her character come off not so great uh but everybody else i think was really really good um john barrowman was great as malcolm merlin and it, like i said i i'm really really enjoying it and the flashback stuff i think as well has gotten progressively better mm-hmm. whereas when they go to the flashbacks now i get excited to see what's happening uh, on the island w- with ollie so yeah uh it, it's it's turned into a, a pretty great show i think and the the this mid season finale seems like it's going to be pretty cool with what revelations we got at the end of this past episode. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I really am. And the guy that got to play Barry's good. Yeah, he's very young, but he he's good. He's got he's a little geeky and a little nebbish, you know. And, and but they do the thing about it, I got chills when he told he tells his story like why he does what he does to um, the girl Felicity, mm-hmm. and it's that's the story. It's Barry Allen's story. It's what happens to his mother when he's a kid and. And I got chills because it, it's it's what it is, and it's great to see that you know on screen. Uh, so I'm excited to see what what comes next. And another one jumps on board. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> on the other side, is anyone still watching Shield? I have a bunch DVR. I've, I've been okay. behind, way behind I, on it. I'm caught up on it. Oh, what do you think, Stephanie? Um, I think there's a couple standout episodes, but overall, it's a lot of um, mediocre mm-hmm. episodes, and. It's not that it's bad. Mm. It's just that it's not something that I feel compelled to watch on a weekly basis. It kind of I have because I've just either been somewhere where someone's watching it or somebody's like, this one is like one of those amazing ones. Mm. Like you have to check it out. And so I've wound up seeing almost all of them. But honestly, at this point in time, um, it's not something that if like I knew what I knew at the beginning of the season, I would have just waited until DVD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's the sense that I'm getting from it. And I think it's struggling to find its footing. Um, and look, like I said about Arrow, like I, I don't, I think if you watch the first six episodes of that show, you probably have the same feelings about it that you have about Shield, and the same feelings, maybe maybe lesser feelings than you had you have about Shield. Uh, and that shows the same. I think it's struggling to find the character connections and really break through and find its voice. I think that's the main issue with it. 
Um, hopefully that happens. Uh, but and like you said, Stephanie, it's not bad, but it just it, it's not a show that compels you to watch it mm-hmm. every week. And it's like, uh, I think, I mean, obviously the, a lot of the episodes and all that stuff were done before, mm-hmm. you know, like the first one aired. But um, like it feels like they were like all the stuff with Colson. Everyone loves his witty whatevers. And now it's just they're trying to do all this like comedic relief with what worked in like the first episode and Mm -hmm. it's not that it's again it's not funny it's just being overused like it's the same sort of things just you know sprinkled throughout the episode Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah no absolutely yes like i love fitz and simmons like the episode i I, without spoiling anything but like my episode that was amazing was this episode that really focused on Gemma, Mm -hmm. um and something that happens to her and I thought it was like actually moving. Like there was a moment during that episode where I teared up Oh wow! and it was really powerful, mm-hmm. but then the rest of it doesn't evoke that. Like I still can't remember the freaking agent's name. Like he's like the silence from Dr. Who. Every time he goes away, <laughs> I forget about him. Oh, that's I, awesome. And like I call him the agent super SO dude. Oh, Ward? Agent I, Ward? Yeah. Yep. See, yeah. but you know what? I'm going to forget in 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> He's forgettable. Yeah. That's he hysterical. Really I have is. the same problem with him. Yeah. I can never remember his name. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all caught up on the show, too, and I, I echo a lot of what Stephanie had said. There might be, like, four episodes that are, out of, I guess, the nine have been decent and fun, while others have just not met up with, not even expectations. I just, it's like you said, I don't feel, I get a lot of shows, I'm watching a lot of stuff right now. But I don't run to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more excited about Arrow yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm infinitely more excited about that than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And not that it's a terrible show. It's just it has not found its way yet. Mm-hmm. Like, it was new and it was cool. And you're like, oh, my God, it's Coulson. He's, yeah. you know, we're going to get Coulson every week. And now you're kind of waiting for them to up the bar a little bit with such a, you know, de- a good cast, a really mm-hmm. good cast. And just a, a tremendous playground, yeah. And not doing a whole hell of a lot with it yet. Yeah, I mean, this is the uh, this is the way it goes with Joss Whedon shows, though. I mean, it's the it's the the problem. It's the the first seasons are never are never put the best foot forward uh, for I mean, their shows. It's barely him. He's passed it off to his like sister in law. No, I know. I mean, but he he still he still yeah, is yeah, like yeah. a producer, know, and he's kind of the brain behind it. And I think that. You know, I, I think the struggle it's having, the same struggle a lot of them have, which is it's trying to be episodic. You know, yeah, it's trying to appeal, and it's working. I mean, it's it's still getting very, very good writings, mm-hmm. and in fact, it's spiked back up again um, to a a more mass audience who doesn't want to invest in serialized, you know, television as much. But I I think that that does not play well to either his writing strengths or the writing strengths of the people who are kind of his. His acolytes, for, for lack of a better word, his, his protégés, which obviously his sister-in-law and his brother are also on, on that show, you know, are. So I, I think that the, the show needs to find a better mix of doing those two things. Yeah, I sort of checked out. I'd been videotaping them in this very old way I do things. And not that I expected superheroes every week or guest stars, but it's just not the most involving right, yeah. spy or procedural show either. Yeah. It's good and there are lovely people who mm-hmm. don't ever seem to have just enough crackle mm-hmm. it's just there's something quite not there yet and they may find that yeah 
And maybe a little Coulson was better than a lot. Mm. I mean, I really like him. Mm. He's not my problem with, with, I mean, I've seen probably five, I think, of the episodes of the nine. That's about where I'm at. Yeah, uh, he was never my problem with the show. I think it's just like you said, Bob, I think it, it, it doesn't do, it's not enough a comic book show and it's not a good enough procedural or spy show, I think, to, to lift it. And I think the potential is mm. obviously there because I think everybody is very good. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anyone is bad. No, uh, I wouldn't fire anybody. Uh, on the show, I just think it hasn't hit that, hit that peak yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, hopefully mm. I, I'm rooting for it because I want it to do well. I, I want it to be great. And I, I think that it just needs I, – I feel like it, it wants to – it wants to lean on the, the Marvel name, but it also wants to separate itself. And I think it's maybe trying a little bit too hard. I know they did the to Thor, be separate. Thor yeah. episode, which I heard was, heard was very good. But, you know, they the separate themselves from that universe. Mm-hmm. I think they need to find an angle. With, within that universe. Yeah. Uh, demographically, the ratings seemed good. Very good. There was a week, someone had a chart online. Mm. It, was, it was comic resources. They did, they did okay. a really, really comprehensive breakdown. That's where it was. The they, they, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago where there was a repeat of CSI and yeah. it beat it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're getting numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as far as fall TV goes, I'd rather watch like Sleepy Hollow, which is actually surprisingly fun. I and, like that show a lot. You yeah. know, Almost Human got better after the first episode, and it's just awesome. And I just started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is like the best. It's pretty funny. It's so hilarious. Yeah. I expected it to be a turd, and it surprised me. <laughs> it looks like a turd. Like the, the 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 commercials were horrible. Is that the Andy Samberg? And yeah. the description okay. for yeah, it. It like a turd. Still, yeah. And the no skills for it and stuff just look like a bad SNL skit or something. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Bill made me watch some when I was in the States, and like after the first episode, I was like, and we need to watch all of this right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Um, Andre, like, Andre Brower is hilarious in that show. And Sleepy Hollow, though, is like Alex Kurtzman from Fringe, mm-hmm. and it has that Fringe vibe to it. Right. So good. Oh, yeah. Those didn't guys, have their, and guys have their fingers fringe, on everything. There's totally a Fringy was, uh, cameo. Part of that. What? There's a Fringy cameo, too. A Fringy cameo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ferengi. <laughs> Ferengi. Ferengi. Yeah. Right, so that, that ends our uh, our TV update for talking comics. TV update. So much yeah. for starting comics. We're still starting it earlier than usual. We don't usually start comics till almost like forty five to fifty minutes into the show. It's only Shit. thirty minutes in the show right now. So but these are important. These are. We talk about two Carl comic books. Carl Urban is really important to <laughs> my, and uh, it's tied back in because Carl Urban plays people in comic book movies. He does. It's true. He was awesome in Dread. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. And Red. Oh yeah, he's oh, in red. That's right. right. He's in red. Hmm. He's the young, young yeah. dude. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's should... talk about actual comic books now. Oh, I was going to talk about dread. Okay. No, I, 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 no, let's not talk about dread yet. All right. Uh, let's go, Bob. Bob, why don't you start okay. us off? I think we will save. Yes, yeah, so save you. the big one yes. in humanity for mm. later. So quickly, because this is one of my quick ones. Triple Helix number three. John Byrne, Lauren O'Grady. For those who love old-fashioned stuff, this continues to just be really, really just a lot of fun. The the mystery between the Triple Helix team and what's going with their creator, which is sort of their high evolutionary, we now have a vibe. It's sort of an X-Men Doom Patrol versus Justice League Avengers kind of thing going two different teams. One's hated and feared by the world they protect kind, mm. of, kind of deal. We've got monsters and scientists and old-fashioned superhero action. John Byrne's art, which is amazing after all these years, is actually getting better. <laughs> and since he's been doing this for 40 years, there, there are sequences here where the emotion within faces. And this, I think this young fellow who is Rock mm-hmm. 
is my favorite. I don't know. You, you read some of yeah, these. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not okay. caught up, but yes. Oh, then I, yeah, close, no, close, close it up. Close it, close it up. <laughs> he's a young boy who, you know, when you first see him, he's this giant character from mm. Trio. And it, back in this book, but now he's gotten mutated and no one knows what he's are, what he, what's really happening to him. We see his sister. There are space aliens and the monitor robots who are their sentinels. If you're a silver, bronze age fan, Triple Helix is for you. There's one more to go. It's IDW. The trade will be out mm-hmm. before we know it. <laughs> and it's just really, really cool. And, of course, it has linked together covers that you mm-hmm. can staple together and ruin and hang on your wall. He has the uh, that Star Trek thing coming out this week. The annual yes, that's the made of it's photo a picture, novel. The photo novel, yeah, yeah. It looks... Uh, shh, I've seen it, Ray. Oh, okay. Uh, it is... Well, it's I, Wednesday, Bob, so why wouldn't you have seen it? This is true. I keep forgetting <laughs> it. It was there was sort of a snowstorm here, and my mm. store said, "Look, I may not be open tomorrow, so mm. we might as well come here while I'm packing out the books." Fine, I was at the <laughs> mall. I'll go over there. <laughs> the uh, Burn Photo Novel. It's a sequel to the the first William Shatner pilot, the one with Gary Lockwood from, who's eventually in two thousand one. Mm. So it's where no man has gone before, part two. They sort of get called back to this planet where they thought they had left him mm-hmm. dead, buried under tons of rock. He's a god. He, mm-hmm. Rocks don't stop him. He took photos from episodes all over the lot, all over the place for settings, hallways, rooms, furniture, planets, reconfigured them, recolored them, took shots of people on the, on the set from other episodes and publicity shots, and made a fumetti is what the Italian word is. It's photos with word balloons Mm -hmm. it's amazing (laughs) i want this as a real episode but i'll be be talking about this like ad nauseum next week Mm -hmm. but yeah uh really good Uh, that's next week Mm -hmm. fearless defenders number 12 the finale and i'm sighing inside as i say (laughs) this uh cullen bond will sliney another great mark brooks cover this time around it's sort of a harlequin romance what's interesting here uh steve and i were talking about a little this before it ends, but it doesn't end. Mm. I'm not gonna, Bobby's still catching up, so yeah. I don't want to go too far, but it's a continuation of the storyline that we've had for all 12 of these issues and the twist from before you, Val, and what? our professor. Do we know any of that? No, no. Then no. I can't say that either. <laughs> oh, man. It is. Uh, I don't think a lot of people haven't read this, so okay. I think you, you, know, you want so to be very. Lightly. You want to hook them, right. but you don't want to spoil it. There were some. Uh, collateral damage a few issues ago where one character ended up in not a good way Mm -hmm. and gets rescued in a very bizarre way that harkens back to the old defenders of Doctor Strange and the original Valkyrie and Hulk Samara, Silver Surfer, the whole mess. Tons of great action here, great character, great humor. All the other characters have been introduced over the last couple of weeks, couple of weeks, couple of issues. Mm -hmm. It's only on some things that it's weeks. It's not this one. (laughs) Clea and Elsa Bloodstone, we get Ren, get some nice Ren, the great action sequence with her. I, look, people buy the, the one trade is out, the second will be out soon, buy this, read it, and then clamor for Marvel to bring this book back. What do you think, Steve? Well, I mean, I certainly think that it's ending way before its time, and that much is obvious by just, by the final page and by the the feel of the book and the enormity of the cast and them him bringing in all of 
all of these characters, five, six issues in, we only got 12. I mean, we just had a, a brand new character in 10, I believe. Yes, when Ren came in for the yeah, first time. Ren comes in for the first time, 10 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock. Issue, <laughs> We're punchy already, folks. Uh, issue number 10. And she's a like already a really great character, and that's only been within three issues. Where is she going to go now that this is over? I'm really hoping that we'll get to see Annabelle and Val and Elsa and all these people. The mixture was so perfect, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Cullen Bunn and Will Sliney came up with here that was still straight ahead action, but humor and pathos and romance and all of it. I think these characters survive. I think the positive press, and not just from us, that this book began getting started to be reflected in the numbers. The sales were going up, yeah. which is very rare a book that was falling off the table. It started strong, tanked mm-hmm. by issue three. It, it had crept up about to about 25,000. I'd be interested to see what yeah. this last issue or the one before right. moves up to when we see the sales numbers. I think you'll see these people again. That's why he left it open. Right. Other people may use some of them. Mm-hmm. I think somewhere along the way, you may see, see a special with these folks. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe a, a, a graphic novel or a season one sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And then move forward on this. I think this book has got a lot of people excited. Sadly, it's canceled. Mm. I, I just my thing is, I, if they're going to split off, or that you know, we we're always saying how when something ends, or or in some cases, all these characters can show up in other books, and it's it's great and it's hopeful and everything. But it, there's something about them being on the same team, absolutely, and them fighting together side by side with these characters. And what if the characters that you like end up on teams in the future that you don't care for, or books that you don't want to buy? I mean, it's completely your choice. But it's just it's a it's a shame that it's all right here and then to self contained yeah yes. to watch it go and also you know not to welcome not to, to my world <laughs> not to harp or anything but I mean as far as as the sales goes and everything I'm just a little surprised with uh, you know the we had a big year in comics in a sense of um, like a, like women's comics and female characters mm. and them starting to really gain ground and popularity and all that stuff that this book that exists, this is everything they've been asking for and it's already out, but people weren't buying it. And I just find it unfortunate. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, look, I I, I think we talked about this, I think when actually originally when Captain Marvel's numbers started to dip uh, and this, this changed from this time when I said this, but at that time, I said the problem with that book, I think that was very early on, it was mm-hmm. like issue six or something like that, was that nobody was evangelizing the book. It was well-liked and people and people enjoyed it and mm-hmm. a very small group of people were, were very positive about it. Um, uh, but it, there was nobody beating the drum and, and you know saying it was amazing and we need we need this book to stay around. That changed and that kept that book alive very much so. Yeah. You know, I compared it to Daredevil at that time. I was compared to Daredevil how Daredevil had low sales but was was so universally hyped up that they weren't never they weren't ever going to cancel it because too many people loved it. That book sales rose. Captain Marvel's sales started to rise so much so that they saw the fact that if they just relaunched it they would get big numbers out of it. And they're going to when they relaunches sure. in, in a few yeah. months. It's going to have huge numbers when it relaunches. This book was never evangelized. There's, like they said, we, we talked to Will at, at Will Sliney at Comic-Con. Yeah. He said there were people coming up to him and said, this is my first comic book. So there were people who loved it, and that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that in the kind of the the comics culture as at large, you weren't hearing a lot of people you know, singing the praises of this book 
um, like you heard, you know, Captain Marvel. Right. Um, and it wasn't becoming a cultural touchstone like Captain Marvel started to become. There was no, you know, Fearless Defenders core that was, you know. No. And maybe that's, maybe, you know, and I, I, I think that there's not, uh, you know, the, I, I don't think, I think Captain Marvel is very important to Marvel as a property more so than Fearless Defenders, so they're obviously going to push it harder. Obviously, Kelly Sue is a, is a very, very good uh, salesperson and a very good PR person. She mm-hmm. she knows how to push her stuff. She pushed the Carol core very, very hard. Um, and I don't know as if Colin Bunn and Will Sliney have that same sort of uh, demeanor to them as far as to do be or the means to be able to do that. So I, I think you lose out a little bit uh, on that, and I think that's the reason why uh, you see you see that happen. I think the book was just a little bit too far along when the kind of uh, the, when the genesis or the kind of the revolution of what we've been we've been kind of seeing right. the last three or four months really started to happen. Right, that's the other half of it. The mm. book itself was too early and too late at the same yeah, time. Exactly. So mm. if this gets relaunched, yeah. Or these characters resurface somewhere, and I do hope that they're all together. Mm. Maybe that'll be the right time. Maybe we're yeah. looking next summer, and all of a sudden there's a... What happened to that Fearless Defenders book? We want right. the end of that story. Yeah. Hmm. Monet from X Factor ended up in Brian Wood's X-Men. Yeah, and that absolutely. Worked, that worked pretty well so far. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Stephanie, you haven't been, you're not caught up on this, right? Nope, I'm okay. not. Something again I've collected, but I guess now will be a good time to catch up. Yes, well, I'm sure it will be in the end of the year discussion, so. Yeah. I'm getting there. (laughs) All right, Bob. I'm still like two weeks behind because of, you know. I know. Because of being arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Because being an international terrorist. The woman without a country. All right, the woman with not, too many let's laptops. Let's not throw those words around here, Bobby. They're going to listen to the podcast. Yeah. I know. What do you think do here? I know it. Get All those laptops like, and computers. Bad places. Hey. Mm-hmm. I was wearing space cat leggings. I'm so scary. Very dangerous. <laughs> that wouldn't have looked good in prison somehow. She's part of the old... Uh, Cat, space cat, cat leggings. Gang. She does the pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have lunged. You really should have. Yeah, yeah. You think I'm weird? I'll show you weird. <laughs> <laughs> then she'd be like, it's so majestic. You yeah. Can go. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I didn't I, know. I can't look away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now you're sorry. <laughs> Just lunging out the door. <laughs> I dare you to stop me now. Yeah. My superpower of lunging. <laughs> you just channeled a little bit of uh, Shazam's wizard. You did. <laughs> really? Is that what the, yeah. We have to do another one we of do, those. We do, we um, do. So from uh, another uh, one group of uh, little-known heroes that's, uh, that got canceled to possibly another group of little-known heroes <laughs> yes, here that's we possibly go. going to get canceled. Stop liking books, Bob. Because uh, I like yeah. this one now, too. It's, it's the curse here. It's yeah. the movement number seven, mm-hmm. Gail Simone and Freddie Williams II. The second. The second. This story just gets better and better as each issue gone. I know, Bobby, early on you were a little, if either a couple of... It's like the first issue I was first really issue, on. Ever yeah. since then I've been on board. Uh, once we were to issue four, this thing just yeah. it, it absolutely yeah. exploded. Yeah. And this, we have the Graveyard Faction in full effect. Mm-hmm. They're here in Coral City to basically take out the movement. They're yeah. big power players, want them gone. And in this back and forth, they've taken out Mouse... Mm-hmm. Which is not good. He's beaten senseless yeah. in a, in a in a coma, and we don't know how that's going to turn out yet. Can you get him to hospital? What's going on? He, mm-hmm. after all, they're all wanted terrorists, criminals, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. We get for the 
character who's been missing all this time. We saw Burden mm-hmm. and his exorcism, and he has some interesting stuff happening here. Vengeance Moth. We find out all about Vengeance Moth, who's been just a mystery. I won't say too much because there are people still catching up here, mm-hmm. but she's got a different backstory than you would have thought. Mm-hmm. And her fruit snacks might mean something different altogether. <laughs> it's yeah. a substitute for something else. And she even says how she likes her new names better. I may not like to fight, but my name is Vengeance Moth, and I will if I have to. Mm. <laughs> she is just a really tremendous character in a castle of them. Mm. This entire book has just been filled with revelations each week, new character developments, the interaction of them, dessert diplomacy, and all the rest of it. One of the policemen, we turns out, is more a hero than we thought. He mm-hmm. turned into just a real creep to start with. He's got something mm-hmm. in him. The other one, not so much. No. <laughs> he is still a creep. But this, people, this is selling nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are indie books drawn with pencil or on an Etch-A-Sketch. They're sk- selling more copies of the movement, and it's a shame. We've discussed about the way it was marketed and so on, so... Certainly kudos to Freddie Williams and Gail Simone for delivering a book out of really out of left field that mm-hmm. is just so good all the time. And kudos to, Z, to DC mm-hmm. for keeping this running at selling 8,000 copies. They yeah. know it's important or they know it's good. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason they're doing it, my thanks to you because this is just stupendous comic book. Yeah, it's it's really great. And, um, Gail Simone's writing is obviously fantastic and she she has begun to really um, sculpt these characters into full formed people, and, and and it's it's very engaging and very exciting to to read, uh, you know. And I, I think that uh, Freddie Williams the Second's art, he, I he, I feel like it's gotten progressively better. Really, every issue uh, up until the really capping off the last page of this issue, when we get this kind wow. of giant thing that happens, literally, yes. um, is fucking amazing like it's just beautiful and gorgeous and and scary and and, uh over the top and it's it's fantastic um uh yeah it's a really really great uh great book and it's a shame that not so many people are reading it i mean obviously we've talked many times and we don't aren't going to blabber the point about the way the book was sold when it when it first came out uh and i think that was a big problem but it's tough. It doesn't have doesn't have a hero you recognize in it. Doesn't have a name you recognize on the cover. Obviously, except for Gales. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, it's a shame. I wish more people were reading it. But I think what we're going to get here, even if it gets canceled, let's say after eight, nine, ten issues, whatever it is, I think you're going to have one of those things that is a great self-contained ten mm-hmm. issue story Absolutely. that people will, will be saying in a couple of years. Oh man, I wish they'd bring back the movement. It was so great. I can't. When those characters pop up in other stories, people will get really, really excited. Oh my god, I love Vengeance Moth. I can't believe she's in Batman yeah. now, or what, whatever it is. So, at the very least, I think it's going to be that when it's done. And yeah, it, it that I, I I had my problems with that first issue, um, just mainly because I didn't I thought it did a bad job introducing characters. But since then, I think it's been top top of the top of the game. It, my only qualm with this issue is that I feel like the. Uh, What's the name of the the bad superheroes? The grave graveyard, graveyard faction. Graveyard faction. I I feel like I, I don't I don't know them. I don't can't, not even I know them because I don't need to know them. They're the bad guys, but I can't keep them straight. Sometimes you know, mm. I, I was a little bit thrown off. There's so many different. The, the police are bad. This is the, you know. So it was it was tough for me to keep it all keep it all straight. That's my only qualm with this issue at all. But it's it's great comic book storytelling. Like, Steve, mm. I know you just caught up with it, right? Yeah, I actually read. Um, I hadn't been reading it since probably the second issue. Mm. And uh, that I laid off of it for a while, but I did catch up over this past week, and it's 
wonderful. Mm. It's wonderful. It really, I almost wonder what would have happened if this had gone to Image or if it had gone mm. to an independent mm. publisher, mm. if it would have been around a little bit longer or perhaps people would have paid attention to it a little bit more because it wasn't buried under all the Batmans mm. and Supermans and all that stuff. Um, it's a, again, same thing with Fearless Defenders. It's a shame that stuff like this doesn't find more footing and doesn't find its audience because it's built on the foundation of a lot of things that comic book people, that comic book readers love. Mm. And, you know, in a in a time where we have seven, eight, nine X Men books and umpteen Avengers books and just all this stuff that exists with all these main characters, to have something that is wholly original out there and is really good, um, only getting so much attention because it is buried. It it's just it's a shame. But anyway, enough about it being a shame. The movement is fucking awesome. Uh, the characters are great. Um, you know, you got to know them after a while. You get their backstories. Some of them turn out to not be the people you thought they were. Uh, characters you didn't care for in the beginning or that you didn't trust. It just, it all it all moves around. Um, but it moves around seamlessly. And uh, it does get a little confusing. My part my part with the, the Graveyard Faction is, I, I think you were about to say it, but didn't, but I don't care about them yet. Um, not, right. yeah. yeah, not in a sense of, um, I mean, I know they're bad guys and such, but I want I want to know who they are. Mm. Bef- you know, I know that they're after them and they're bad news and all that stuff, but who are they? Mm. I, I kind of need that, you know, especially with new characters. Mm. Uh, hopefully this goes on. I've seen solicits up to number nine mm-hmm. in previews. So we know that we're at least getting that much. Uh, whether it goes beyond that, I have no idea, but I would love to either have there be an upswing in sales if it can save it, or perhaps if they, you know, out of respect for for Gail, they give her enough issues to wrap up her story, mm-hmm. and they can, you know, we could maybe see it later. Mm-hmm. Maybe move it to Vertigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could work. That so could much. work there. I mean, we haven't, you know, we haven't gotten any sort of uh, inkling about the the uh, other parts of the DC universe so much. I mean, there, I think there's been a couple of mentions here and there of of locations that we know, but yeah, it exists squarely outside right now. You know, I think that. It's something about it's not resonating with people, and you know the the, the reason why there are eight X Men titles and seven Avengers titles because those books people buy those mm-hmm. books. Yeah. They wouldn't be there if people didn't didn't buy them. You know, so uh, I think that there's some reason why it's not resonating. I mean, I think that she's had problems with that before. I think like Secret Six and stuff like that had, had a similar issue mm-hmm. back before the relaunch, and uh, you know, I, I think it's a lot of it probably is as out of respect to her that the the book is still going. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, regardless of all that, the stuff that, that we have no control over and she has right. no control over, the stuff that she does have control over and that Freddie Williams has control over is great. It's a great book. Yeah. And, you know, don't hesitate to pick up a trade um, if, when it comes out because who knows when it's going to come out because DC is bad about that. But you can you can hopefully find the back issues in, in your shop and, and, and check them out. Um, or, you know, if you if you read them digitally, obviously they're always going to be there. But it definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really great book. So Absolutely. Check it out. That's it for me. All right. Um, Stephanie, what about you? I, you guys might have talked about some of these on the past couple of shows, so I apologize if that mm. is the case. It's okay. We want to hear you talk no about them. We, we, we might have talked about them, but oh, we did not get your opinions about them. I'm just saying, because, you know, I was, like, tweeting about a couple of them today, and then they were like, that was out, like, two weeks ago, and I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what day it is, okay? <laughs> Anyways, so... 
Um, let's see. So I started reading Next Wave. I don't know if any of you guys have checked that out yet. No. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart Immonen and I feel like Warren Ellis. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like a pretty good team. I feel like that is correct. <laughs> At least 50% of that is correct. <laughs> um, anyways, and so far I'm only two issues in and I love it. I remember when Kelly Sue was on, on one of the occasions she mentioned that she really dug it. I'm pretty sure it was her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd been meaning to read it for a while and I had one of the first issues from when Marvel did that big comicsology thing mm-hmm. um, so finally got around reading them awesome, loved it love it, I guess I'm not done it yet but um, it's totally Jones and Fulmore, love the art love the story and it's just full of really interesting plot um, great art cool characters and fresh it's fresh I know it's not new. It's not from like the fear or anything, but it's awesome. And I'm really digging it. What's it about? Yeah. What's it about? Um, so it's kind of like, so it's next wave agents of hate and hate is, Mm -hmm. you know, like shield. Um, and (laughs) they're basically, (laughs) but bad. No, they're not bad guys at all. Um, but they should pick a different name then. (laughs) Well, the, they're basically the, these heroes, that are part of Agents of Hate, they go rogue because they find out that one of the terrorist groups that they fight has bought out their company, like has bought <laughs> out Agents of Hate. So now mm-hmm. they don't want to work for them anymore because they're being funded by terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they find out that through one of the girls steals like blueprints and finds out that they have plans to turn the team into basically like weapons of mass destruction kind of mm-hmm. thing. Ooh super soldiers and all that. So they don't want any part of it and they just start kind of fighting um, their own, you know, shenanigans. Um, But like in the first or second issue, again, I only read two so far, um, the, the bad guys like accidentally like unleash. Is it Fing Fang Foom? Fing Fang Foom, yeah. A dragon. Yeah. And like, he has this like obsession, like for some reason he spends almost all the time that he's, on the screen being a menace, like humping mountains and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like sticking the characters that he catches down his pants. <laughs> and, like, that sounds like Warren Ellis. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say don't buy it because of this. Cause it sounds, it's a lot more awesome than I'm probably making it sound, but <laughs> it's hilarious. And you know, these are just kind of the quirks of the people they are fighting against or mm. big green dragons wearing purple shorts. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I know about it so far. Um, I'm really digging it. It's awesome. Yeah, Go check I, it out. I looked it up. The, the, the cast is um, Elsa Bloodstone, yeah. um, Monica Rambeau, yeah. uh, Tabitha Smith, uh, formerly of X-Wars, Aaron Stack, the Machine Man, and a new character, uh, the Captain, previously called Captain... Four skulls and crossbones. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just that's how they swear. Yeah, There's a lot of swearing in it, but they're just crossbones. Cross yeah, skulls. and it says the absurd words being so horrible that Captain America allegedly beat seven shades of it out of him. <laughs> um, so he just goes by the captain. Though. Yeah, it goes by the captain. Yeah, and it is Warren Ellis and Stuart Immonen. Hundred percent right. It's from two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Uh, one of the covers they have here is it says Next Wave Agents of Hate, and it says. Civil War question mark not part of a Marvel Comics event. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
It's it's pretty great. How many issues was this? Twelve. Okay. Twelve issues. It's collected in like a single trade paperback as well, I think. Cool. Cool. So it's, awesome. It's really awesome. I'm just going through individually because I got them digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so far, it was one of the things I read in the airport. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of fun. Nice. So, yeah. Next wave, guys. <laughs> um, Catch quickly, it. Because, <laughs> like, they're all things that I've mentioned before, but Rat Queen's still being awesome. Mm-hmm. It's still a thing that I like. <laughs> a Update. Lot. Update. Spoilers. Yeah. It's great. Things are happening. Lady mercenaries. Mm-hmm. They kick things. They stab things. It's a quote on the trade. It's still a thing that I like. like. Stephanie Cook. <laughs> At least, like, it's not like New York where I ran up to, like, Curtis and Rock and I was like, I just ate all the cake! <laughs> Which really happened. It did. They were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I ate so much cake! <laughs> Anyways. Um... Aquaman 25, mm-hmm. which was the finale of um, the Throne of Atlantis thing, right? Or the Dead King? The Dead King. Yeah. 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 I thought you were struggling for Jeff Johns' name. That's, That's what, what I, I thought, thought you were too. doing. Uh, you know, that guy. No. But it was really, like, it was really good, but I assume you read it, Bobby. Yes. It kind of felt like everything got resolved really quickly. Mm. Like, everything just kind of, it was like, and this is about to happen, and it's over. <laughs> We've wrapped this up. Yeah. Done. Oh, it's, you know, it's the end of uh, John's run. That's his last issue. So I they... like it could have gone on like that arc could have gone on for like a couple more issues. Yeah. Because there was, there was two things specifically without giving anything away that just it, like there's this thing with Mira mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, and it's resolved like three panels later. Yeah. And the king <laughs> over in the page. Oh, <laughs> Okay. It's very it's very compressed storytelling. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it's good. No, it's definitely very good. You know, it's one of those things where John's while he is often, you know, kind of the epitome of modern comic book writer is he you sometimes has those very classic. You can see the classic roots in him because those pages are definitely very classic comic book. He wraps them up very quickly, you know. Mm. You know, so and, and it's good. It's good the mix is good, but yeah, it, it's it's odd for his storytelling style because usually he takes a very long time. To tell certain parts yep. of his stories. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm. I kind of expected it to be more drawn out, and mm. then it was just all done with. Yeah. But, um, anyways, that was awesome, still, regardless. Mm. Velvet Trillium, also good. Rocket Girl, awesome. Bob, mm. I'm pretty sure, says everything about that book that I possibly could, so. <laughs> um, but my absolute favorite, you know, even outside of like Rachel Rising and Revival and them shenanigans, <laughs> was Black Science number one. Oh yeah, we talked about that mm. last week. But yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on that. It was so good, <laughs> so good. I was in Starbucks with like mittens on today because apparently they don't know what heating is. <laughs> but oh, I read it and it was just like, this is so cool. And the way that the story's laid out and the artwork. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the art. <laughs> I would really like some of that art on my walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but it was amazing, and I loved the idea of it, and that it's kind of like taking that sort of idea. Like we see a lot of stuff where it's magic based, and people are using sorcery and dark magic, and it was kind of that same sort of thing, but rooted in science. Mm-hmm. And you obviously don't know much of the science yet, or really what's happening. 
Um, but in, in terms of the bigger picture, I mean, if it, you didn't know what was happening in the first issue, that would probably be poor storytelling. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's, it's just awesome. It was fast paced, but you still wanted to go through it like slowly and kind of absorb everything that was on the page in front of you. Um, I just loved the painting style to the art. It's not Matteo Scalera the whole way through, is it? Yeah, no, it is. Is it? Yeah. Because I know there was somebody who was billed as like who did the painting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it is. is but that the I, colors. I, I think I that guess? means I think that means the colors. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I got the first few pages are very like his sort of like um, he just like sort of that splatter like with the art brush. Like I, I don't know how to explain it, but. Mm. I feel like his style is very, um, him. Mm -hmm. And then very, very descriptive. Seventy. Shut up. God. (laughs) Anyways. So it, it looks like his art at first and then it kind of takes on, um, like the painting, I guess, mixed with his style takes on a whole new thing. Mm -hmm. Takes on a new thing. A whole new feel, a whole new look. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it was, I loved it. I wanted there to be more mm-hmm. and it, it it was awesome <laughs> i know i'm not making any sense i'm sorry no you made sense for 95 mm-hmm. percent of that okay well thank you <laughs> you're welcome well uh, that was that was my book so you know carry on yeah the sclera art is gorgeous and it he actually has another book coming out this week him and justin jordan uh dead body road from oh, image oh nice yeah so that sounds fun get more sclera <laughs> art yeah it's gonna be a joyous book but I mean, for the Justin holiday. Jordan, I feel like, isn't known for Road trip. Yeah. the bunnies in his stories. No, he's not. It's going to be violent <laughs> and Dead dirty. Dead Body Road, that's hilarious. Yeah. It's going to be a rom-com? Yeah. Funniest book of the week. Absolutely. Dead Body Road. All right. No. Is that all, Seventy? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, Steve, what do you got for us? Yo. Let's see. Uh, well, since we're coming up on our end of the year awards and such did a lot of reading this year, going back into old series and catching up. But, um, some of the newer stuff that's out, uh, I just want to reiterate or just go to bat again. Uh, I don't know that's going to be showing up on any of my lists. You'll have to wait and see, but, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, Jason Aaron, I know that this is coming to a close relatively soon. This series is still so awesome and hilarious and just, there's a lot, a lot of really, really great things coming from this book. One of them in particular is uh, dealing with the events of um, S.H.I.E.L.D. and their their whole having their, I don't know if, if it's going to spoiler territory. They recently attacked the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of addressing that in so many ways. And the way that Maria Hill calls out the X-Men on everything that they're involved in and everything that they're doing, it just it, I was dying of laughter because it, it's everything that we talk about all the time, no. like our words echoed in the comic. Um, so if you haven't been reading Wolverine and the X-Men, I, we, I've been saying it forever. It's a lot of fun. You should definitely check it out. Uh, let's see what else here. Anybody else read Amazing X-Men? Yeah, I read it. What do you think of it? Uh, I thought it was still very good. Uh, a little bit of a bummer that Nightcrawler isn't in it yeah. very much. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's and that's fine. I mean it doesn't all have to be Nightcrawler. It's that they build it as the search for Nightcrawler. So this is obviously from more of the X Men's perspective. Uh, though I thought that what they did, was there, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the 
the battles with the the demons and stuff like that in, in heaven and hell are both really really cool yeah i mean i like it as it's weird mm-hmm. it's weird in a sense of it you know wolverine and north star uh are off in i guess a version of heaven uh while storm and uh iceman and and friends are all they're down in what would be presumably hell and there's pirates using plasma cannons and it's just it's so bizarre Mm -hmm. you know it's like pirates of the caribbean in limbo and both Mm -hmm. sides are on opposite sides of the ship it's Mm. pretty cool but i am i am kind of waiting for them to bring nightcrawler into it i mean this is a five-part story i'm hoping that it doesn't take all five parts to bring him back into the team Mm. um well i would assume it would I hope not. I mean, to get him home. I think they're going yeah, to get him home. home but yeah. I'm saying for him to join up with them. Yeah. I hope that the next issue is him, you know, swinging in mm-hmm. on a rope and mm-hmm. you know saving Wolverine's ass yeah. or something like that. He was great in the first issue. Yeah, a lot of very cool stuff. Yeah, and very deep stuff too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Avengers Annual was decent. Does anybody? Did anybody I'm read not this? I didn't read it. No. It was decent. I would go with that. Yeah. yeah, it was decent. It was funny at times, but it 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 had some of that um, like. Avengers togetherness that we often talk about, about them just kind of like hanging out and, you know, gently ribbing one another and stuff like that. But it also felt a little disjointed and I'm, I'm kind of used to the way Catherine Eminem writes at this point. And there are times when even I can't catch the rhythm of her Mm. books. And this was one of those times. We also had a very disjointed sort of lead character. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was strange. It was, um, not what I was expecting. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. A nice um, holiday confection at a certain level, but mm. a little light for how many? What was it? Five dollars? Yeah, yeah. It's expensive. That's why I didn't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought it because it was Catherine Eminem. So much Avengers lately that I needed to <laughs> step off. Uh, Superior Spider-Man, second part of the Venom, uh, Darkest Hours arc was poor, really cool. Poor Flash. <laughs> yeah, he's having a bad day on the cover. Yeah, he is. Well, he's having he, a bad day in the book. Yes, yeah, so he's I, having I, a bad I, day I, in the book, and I'm and I'm assuming that his day is only going to get worse mm-hmm. as this goes along. Uh, some really, really good stuff in there, though. But um, I assume, Bobby, you, yeah, you and I are, are going to yeah, talk about this. Okay, so I'm actually going to go back. Um, I'm going to go back to last year. Back. Back in time mm-hmm. to last year and talk about a book really quick that um, I'd been very excited for for quite a while. And uh, it took forever to come out. It basically took about a year and a half. Uh, and that book is Whispers by Joshua Luna. Uh, those of you that listen to the podcast or you know, pay attention to some of the reviews online, you'll know that I absolutely love uh, work from both of the Lunar Brothers. Uh, I've always felt that they work better together. And this is one of those times where I feel like we're we're missing the other half of this book. And um, I'm not trying to be presumptuous, but I think that Joshua Luna might also have thought that while making this book. Um Essentially, what Whispers is about, really quick, it's it's a horror story. It's like a, a very emotional, mental, uh, kind of like cerebral horror story about a kid that can basically astro, uh, astral project himself at night and interact with the minds and intentions of the people that he knows in his personal life. He gets involved in a couple of things. He whispers a couple of decisions to people. Those decisions turn out to be bad ones. And chaos ensues. And then there's also a baby-eating demon running around the city. Uh, and he can, yeah. you know, just, just to spice things up. That'll do it. And when, when in this um, ghostly, you know, astral-projected form, 
he can hear the thoughts and intentions of this demon and he kind of fixes things in such a way that he can track him down and try to you know rid him of, of the the moral plane it doesn't really go that well but my point being is i mean i've loved pretty much everything from the lunar brothers this kind of fell apart for me towards Ooh. the end um yeah i'm really i'm kind of disappointed in it because luna boy is a turncoat <laughs> <laughs> no like i i wanted to love it and i and seriously it it took a long time and and however long it took it whatever the between issues five and six it was seven months so wow. it, was, it was a long time it was a really long time for this book to come out and i remember when the last one came out i talked about it on the podcast and i said how how is he going to wrap this up in one more issue because i saw the solicits and it says the final issue number seven and i'm like what how are you going to do that and in the back of the final issue there's actually a letter from joshua where he states he he states his apologies for the you know the length of time in between books and he basically accredits to he fesses up to and he says you know this was really hard for me to do this was you know when you have um people backing you and you have a team and you have people to confer with he goes story process and getting it to you and everything seems to go much smoother um you know, this has been kind of a, a trying project for me, and I don't know that I'll be like, doing one of these again Ooh. anytime soon. And it, I, I felt that in the story because upon reading the last issue, it it felt like a not so much of an information dump, but it, it was almost a culmination of everything that I was kind of wondering about and everything that kind of went unanswered by the end. That I I kind of said, well, what was the point of X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because the the book had so much potential at the start, and it's still a decent story, but it doesn't wrap up all of its ideas, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating as a fan and just as a as a comic reader and somebody that likes stories to have really really heavy ended plot points not go anywhere, you know. And um, it's funny I had it on my on my list of things because I assumed that it would be once I mm. finished it. And I've actually amended it from my mm. list because I, it left me feeling very unsatisfied. Oh, wow. So it's the first Luna Brothers thing or Luna Brother uh, project that mm-hmm. I've, I've been kind of disappointed with. Right. Um, so there's a first time for everything. <laughs> and, Blasphemy. Uh, what? Blasphemy. I know, right? I'm gonna well, get you it. have half of the Luna Brothers, you know, with Alex and Ada. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it'll be sort of half redeemed <laughs> oh i mean i i really liked the first issue of that and i still i i really enjoyed the first four issues mm-hmm. of whispers and i was like this is really neat and then all of a sudden in the fifth one they introduce an element into the story where you're kind of like well that's huge how are you gonna do anything with that in just 32 more pages or whatever it is and then the final issue finally comes out and not only did we not really explore that all too much, but we gave you an explanation as to why everything was happening, and it was really confusing. Mm-hmm. And I had read them all in a row. Like, I sat there, one through six, all at the same time. It wasn't like I'd forgotten a detail. It was all right there, but it, there was nothing mm-hmm. to be like, oh, well, well, that's really okay. Right. You know, like, I didn't know what to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, first time for everything, uh, we're going to move on to Bobby cause I already spoke about the movement. No, you're going to talk about your book of the week, dude. 
Oh, we can talk about this now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's your book of the week. Sweet. Um, my favorite book this week was Inhumanity Number 1 by uh, Matt Fraction and art by... Uh, Olivier... Olivier Copio. Coipo? Yeah. Coipo. I've heard his he name... He doesn't pro- do all of the art, though. Oh, is Amaryllis does some as well? Somebody does the flashback or something. Like, there's... Somebody who does other panels as well. If they keep talking about, it, I'll look at. I'll All right, look. cool. I'll, I'll, I'll. I'm pretty sure because I got I just read it today. Okay. So um, I was, I I was making note of who did the art, but apparently I didn't make close enough. <laughs> Indeed, Lionel. Anyways, you. I'm pretty sure there's somebody who does like flashback sequences right. as well. Lionel, you does know. ancient flashbacks, and Dustin Weaver and Israel Silva do infinity flashback art. Okay. Silva do. So there you there's, go. A couple other artists. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. so there you go. Credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. That's what we do on the okay. Talking right, Comics totally podcast. I didn't mean to interrupt, but... No, no that's right. fine. No. Um, I really... I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I don't know very much about the Inhumans. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to, to Bob's uh, sentiments on the title, but even he says that this is a pretty good uh, recap of who the Inhumans are and what happened. And, I mean, we've already seen Fraction do some really great things in FF and Fantastic Four this past year, but when I was reading this, this felt to me like a like a Hickman comic. It was really, the way it was uh, laid out, the, a lot of the dialogue, um, but it, it, it was minus that, that weight and that pressure that Hickman's writing tends to leave you with. As good as it is, mm-hmm. you know, when you're done reading a couple of uh, of Hickman issues, you're pretty exhausted. Mm-hmm. So to to read something that's this big and not have that weight on me, it was nice. I could kind of read it with my feet up, so to speak. <laughs> and um, I mean, the thing that I like about it the most, uh, aside from from its it, obviously its contents and its you know narrative and story and stuff, is that it makes me feel like infinity and pretty much everything since Marvel now had begun that it's really paying off Mm -hmm. in a sense of that, you know, if you're reading comics now, that now might be a really good time to come in that what fractions doing within humanity and everything that is a result from infinity, it actually feels important and it feels big enough to me that it's, it's worth having gone through all of this stuff to get Mm -hmm. to this point that with it's it's just as if there was another you know faction of mutants which essentially this is that's what in humanity is going to be yeah that we're now opening up the doors for an entire a whole new era of heroes and villains and they found a way to get into that with this whole you know wake up of of inhumanity that all mm-hmm. these people from before time was time there were People had inhuman traits that went dormant, and now that this, you know, catastrophe has happened, it's kind of released this uh, global, or not even global, but like universal uh, alarm clock went off, and all these people are, are kind of gaining these special powers that Marvel now has a platform to introduce a just a boatload of new characters. And not to mention old characters that I don't know them that I mm. want to get to know better. And I love Black Bolt and Medusa. And there was a lot of, I mean, Black Bolt 
kind of don't know how to feel about him right now, but it was a really good Medusa issue. And like I said, I liked the perspective and the way that it was told. And I felt like I got a, uh, like a crash course, a one oh one on the inhumans. And they're an entire, not only just a character or a group, but like an entire race of people that I want to get to know in comics. And it's a really great time to jump into it and be on board. You know, that if you're one of your friends is looking to get into comics and I don't know where to start, blah, 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 have them start now and jump into this. Explain to them what they missed in Infinity or even give them your copy and just watch them go. Mm-hmm. So, um, Bob. I would. Oh, oh go ahead, go, Steph. Go, Steph. I was going to say, as far as a jumping on point, I would wholeheartedly disagree. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first issue itself is a great single issue, but the fact that it's now as I put on Twitter earlier, a scavenger hunt for the other issues across other uh, titles Mm -hmm. is not friendly to a new reader whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You should not need a checklist for a new series. Mm -hmm. The series should be Inhumanity 1, Inhumanity 2, Inhumanity Mm -hmm. freaking 3. Yeah. It's not what they're doing. It's a, they're doing a very weird thing with this. It, It, because it's not, it's not really an event, but they're sort of treating it like a mini, mm-hmm. you know, event. Um, and I, I think uh, it's poor programming by them. I, I, I think, I think this having maybe having this issue and like Steph said, maybe because I think they've actually changed Infinity Medusa number one, um, in Inhumanity Medusa number one to Inhumanity number two. Now I heard that I think today, uh, but. It's such a weird timing, really, because now Inhuman isn't happening until March or something like that. Now the Fraction book it was February, or February or March, okay. whatever, with Majuera. It's 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 a it's a weird um, way to launch this new kind of movement for them. It uh, is and yeah. like, I mean, Battle of the Atom. I was really excited to read, but with the whole after like having to go across to a different title, I gave up. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing checklist games with this like i hate that Mm -hmm. and now i don't read almost any of the titles that were involved in battle of the atom because they threw everything off and i haven't read it yet so i'm missing all of those and now i feel like inhumanity is doing the same thing to me Mm. so suck it marvel i'm not reading your comics (laughs) i think it's going to be interesting to see First of all, from the store level, what the orders were like on the sidebar books with the mm. point inhuman, yeah. or whatever they're throwing at it, and then how many of these books are essential. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that Medusa one definitely looks that way. Yeah, well, if they're gonna, especially if they're gonna renumber it now, Inhumanity number two, I think it definitely is gonna be essential uh, to it. But when I when I'm I'm obviously not extremely as Stephanie about it, but when I see the, the the I'm not gonna buy any of those point. I-N-H books. I, I mean, you know, when I say that I, when I say that it's a, a good jumping on point, I mean uh, in a much broader sense of that this is, like I said, it's a it's a whole race. It's a whole movement. Yeah, you mean for the Inhumans oh. themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, know, I, know, I know what you meant. Because well, I would have agreed with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, absolutely. Here is, boiled down into 30 some mm-hmm. odd pages, 45 years of Inhumans history from all across the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. from miniseries and solo appearances in Thor and their own books and Hickman's FF. Lots of stuff in one place here. Characters are handled very, very well. You get Crystal and Medusa. Loads of Black Bolt and and Maximus doing Mm -hmm. odd things. It seems as if Black Bolt had a plan all along, perhaps, 
what seemed like a little sidebar in Infinity turns mm. into something really, really major here. And as you say, Steve, I think after No More Mutants, they were a little lost with where all these people are going to come from. Well, now it's a split from eons ago within the Inhumans themselves. And there have been Inhumans here for all these millennia sort of bred with humans a little behind. And it just takes this Terrigen bomb yeah. to change everything. Could be very interesting moving forward. It could be a little chaotic for a while, but right, that can be fun. Well, it's like I mean, I know I know Bobby was saying, and I do agree to him, agree with him to an extent that when we when he read Infinity, every every event feels like the lead in to another event, mm-hmm. and it gets very mm-hmm. exhausting. And it's I mean, we've had so much event fatigue by now between just being comic book readers and mm-hmm. doing the show. I mean, it, you want to blow your head off, yeah, <laughs> but. Um, I don't know. This one this one feels to me like it was worth having read a lot of that stuff because now we're getting we're getting something very sizable as a result. Mm-hmm. I think it's very good. Like I, I think this issue is very very good and I, I agree with Bob like uh, and coming from Steve's same perspective of not knowing that much about the Inhumans, I do feel like those 30 pages give me a full history of those characters and now I know you know who they are, and I'm ready to go forward with them. Um, and I think that the art—I think all three of the artists do a great job. Uh, and I, I love Medusa, and I love Black Bolt, like Steve was saying. So I, I'm in for for this issue. You know, I, I think the problem comes forward is where you know I'll, I'm going to read the Medusa issue because I want to read that. It's Fraction, so I'm going to read it because that seems like that will be good. You know, but. You know, I'm just reading this, and then I'm okay. I'm gonna, I'm just sitting on my hands until Inhuman comes out in, in February. That's really mm-hmm. what I'm doing after this. Uh, but you know, outside of that, again, outside of that other stuff that we have no control over, uh, I think that what's in, within the pages of these comic, this comic book is very good. I came up with two shocks near the end of this, and one I do agree with Stephanie wholeheartedly. When mm-hmm. I turned the page to that checklist mm-hmm. and saw a raft of books I don't buy. Mm-hmm. And have frankly no plan of buying mm. as good as the story is going to be. Mm. If it turns out I do need to read them, I'll read them in the store. Mm. I'll buy them in the trade. Mm. I'm not going to go sailing off buying six other books that I can't afford yeah. anyway to catch parts of a story that may or may not really matter. Right. Then the shock ending, mm. which I won't spoil, mm. but there's a you know this kind of a shock ending. Right. And I can only assume that Mr. Fraction, who does love these characters, will... Mm-hmm. Something will happen to make it better. <laughs> be Band-Aids or mm-hmm. something. But it is, it is sort of a... It was, I don't know. It struck me as cavalier. Is mm-hmm. that the only word I can use? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just... Obviously, we're going to see as we go forward with the, the Avengers stuff and where, where we are in those other books, where this book fits in right now. And I think that's my main kind of... Uh, overarching problem with it is I just don't know where it fits and what's going on right now. And I'm the opposite, but I see those INH things by a lot of books I do buy, but I'm not going to buy a second issue of them in in a month for this. It's just not going to happen. And I'll just have to wait. I mean, Stephanie, obviously you said, you know, you don't like the fact that it's an event and all this stuff, but what do you think of the actual book itself? I really liked it, which is why I was so upset by the fact Mm -hmm. that again, it was something like, something that I had to go across different titles for because mm. I really like Medusa. And I think a while back somebody asked us on our, one of our listener question shows what characters we wanted to uh, know more about. And I had mentioned that I'd started going back through in human books mm-hmm. and, and I really liked those characters and I was so stoked 
for this and for the fact that it's fraction and I'm just ugh. the issue was really great. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting mm -hmm. and like you guys have all said, it did give you I knew a little bit from some of the stuff I had read, but not like a lot. Um, but it fills in the blanks. Mm -hmm. And I loved the art. I loved the story. Even though it was very, 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 very dense at times, I felt like I had to reread a lot of the pages because it was a lot of information mm -hmm. that was being given to you to process. Yeah. Um, but it's told very effectively for the most part. Again, aside from like that sort of, here's everything at once. You need all of this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to have to wait till trade for the rest of it, but this was a solid issue. I don't necessarily think a good jumping on point for anyone else that wants to start this now though. Wants to start the event itself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, like once it settles down and once we're into the, because Inhuman's going to be a monthly series and it's going to be a regular monthly series hmm. about these characters. So I'm super excited about this. And this mm -hmm. makes that, this makes me more excited about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So for that, it's, it's, a, it's a great piece of writing and, and I'm excited to see where the Inhumans go from now on. Smart move by Marvel. Cause now they have, if they create another race of mutants that they control the film rights to. They yes. are. They, they have made oh, a very I hadn't smart. Thought of that. Yeah, that's exactly why they're doing it. I can tell you right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that they, they they found a creative way to do it, and I'm sure the I you know like Fraction loves those characters. So I'm sure when they they pitched those ideas, he was very excited to do it. But I guarantee you, like that, that's why they did it because they want to control. Uh, they want to have be able to have like their their X Men that they can control the the multimedia mm. rights to. Um, clever. Yes, mm. very clever. Is that all for you, Steve? I know you're going to chime in on one of my of the other books. Obviously. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, really quick, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, and I hadn't read it yet, so I'm going to time in now. I read Pretty Deadly number two. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it, actually. I, 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 I felt like it it raised a lot of questions, but it brought the story uh, more down into a uh, plot-oriented place. It was like, okay, now I understand like where these people are. I might understand all the circumstances, but I, kind of, I know what's happening now. God. You know, I know mm -hmm. what the, the sequence of events are unfolding, and now I understand. It's not so esoteric yeah. anymore. So that I like, there's still things I'm confused about, but I'm, I'm, I'm clear. I'm more clear on things. I am confused. So I'm happy. It's <laughs> a bad sword fight. Yeah, there is. It's yeah. really cool. That's a really cool scene. Um, it's, it, it reminds me of like a kill bill type of scene. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, they're both channeling the same things, both Mr. Yeah. Tarantino and Kelly Sue and Emma. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, young Avengers number 13, we're, we're running towards the ending of this series right now. And this issue is, uh, really kind of spectacular. I think it's one of the best issues of the entire series. Um, really great interplay by all the characters. Some uh, really emotional stuff with Loki, where it, since Kieran Gillen started his work with Loki and, and, you know, the whole making him young again and and kind of making him almost a, 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 a pretty much a hero, it, it's always been, uh, I, I think, uh, intentionally vague about the, the personalities and the and who Loki really is like is this is this you know this is a kid who has kind of been able to reset and start over again but he has some of the memories of his older self and then but they've always kind of you know kind of questioned that is his, his older self is sort of a separate person in this kid version like the consciousness are two different are two different things because hmm. if that if he was burdened by that one he would never be a good guy and so he had to be given a free freedom to create his own person and they deal with that here here and i think really kind of clarify it here in a lot of good ways and we're right near the end so it's a really great piece of writing um 
Earth 2, number 18. This is the second issue uh, with Tom Taylor. This is going to be quick, but we t- I talked about, I think, 17 when I got it, so that I, I really enjoyed it, and this keeps it ongoing. It's good. It- it- it's-, it's once again very solid. It's obviously um, very intense uh, and ha- has, some- has some darkness about it, but uh, very good stuff, some really good stuff with Jay uh, being brash and... Uh, and just really, it's great. It's really, really good, solid writing. Um, I like the depictions of some of the the characters. Uh, the, who the red tornado is in this other Earth is is pretty, mm-hmm. I think, emotionally affecting, uh, especially of what happens um, and how and how that person becomes that that character. So, um, really liking it. Really, really liking it. Uh, and art is still gorgeous. Obviously, it's Nicholas not Scott. Ma Hunkel is the red tornado. No, no, it's no, not. Rats. We had her in the scribble notes, though. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, no, but this is this is a good. It's a good choice. It's a good I know. character oh, choice. I, I you took a look at it. Yeah, yeah. It, it works. It definitely yeah. works. I got a little little, little heartstrings pulled when mm-hmm. when it was going on. So, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from now on. I think Tom Taylor is taking it in a, a, a good direction. Um, so I'm excited about that. But speaking of books uh, being turned around on. Uh, so Action Comics uh, has been, you know, has been tumultuous at best, the, the reception to it. You know, it, it started with a Grant Morrison run that was a very lover hated, I think, for people. Uh, we got a we got a kind of array of, of hope when Andy Diggle took over, but then quickly left. And then it's kind of been in it's been in stasis for since then uh, with Lovedell doing fill in issues. And it just it it. And I think while it's been doing that, I think we've seen Superman chain become a, a, the kind of the standout Superman book. But I think we've seen pretty much the the Superman universe rise up a little bit. I think obviously that character has, has gotten a little more prominence here, and they've been putting a little more effort into him. Um, but uh, throughout all those books, even with a writer like Scott Snyder, I don't think that any of them have gotten it as right as Greg Pak gets it right uh, in Action Comics number twenty six, which I just dropped on the floor. Um, it, he started him and Aaron Cooter started their run last month with twenty five, which was a zero year tie in, which was good. You know, I, I think that it, it is slightly, I was just kind of tired of seeing before he was Superman, Superman stories or Superman in, in the t-shirt and jeans, Superman stories. Not that I care about that costume, but just, I wanted to see him doing just full, full on Superman stuff, not learning to use his powers, just doing his thing. Uh, this Superman 20, action comics 26 is fantastic. I mean, it's, it, it quickly makes this book, I think, a, a book you need to put on your pull list if you're interested in the character at all. Uh, I think Greg Pak nails the character. Uh, we see Superman smile, which is... Which is pretty amazing. It's is pretty great. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, it does a great thing because it gives you a bait and switch, right? It starts it off and you think, okay, here we go. It's going to be the same thing Superman's been doing in every single Superman book since this New 52 started and probably most of his life, which is... He's just gonna he's just fighting a big monster. He's gonna punch a monster mm-hmm. until it's gone, and he's gonna save some people. And, and here we go. And it completely just flips that on its ear. It, it it does so by being very true to who Superman is, and it, it it brings his past into it while dealing with his future. And it uses a character who you don't see used very often in, in, in books, and in Lana Lang, and she's the the main kind of female protagonist here. Uh, he writes her really really well her 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 monologue and her inner monologue is is great and it just works everything about it works and Aaron Cooter's art is it's very different you know it has a very specific style and I think although not as I think gorgeous or uh or I think perfect as someone like Chris Samney's art on Daredevil I think it has a similar 
a similar feel to it to me. It has that same sort of, this is, I think the marriage here is going to be a perfect marriage of art and story. And, you know, this is only one issue, I guess two now, but one fantastic issue. If it keeps up like this, though, it's going to be a book to watch in the coming year. I mean, Steve, you picked it up. I did pick it up. Yeah. And I have been reading action since number one, Mm -hmm. I believe. And, uh, yeah, wow. I I saw I saw you you were telling me about it. You and Rob were telling me about it and I was like, "Meh." And I I walked away from it. <laughs> and this always happens. At least this time I managed to get my hands on it. Yeah. And uh then I saw uh on our site, uh Suzanne had re- had reviewed it and I I looked at the bottom and she said, "Bye, bye, bye." And I'm like, "Whoa." So, <laughs> and then I saw a couple of tweets about it and it was one of those all of a sudden it was a buzz book. Mm-hmm. And I said, "All right, you know what?" I'm swinging past the store tonight. I'll jump in and I'll I'll grab it. Uh, and I am so glad that I did. I I got probably if I have if I even have such a thing as favorite Superman panels. Uh, this book is chock full of them. Like uh, Bob had said, you actually get to see Superman smile, and you get to you get to hear him laugh. And it's not just that he does that. I mean, people are like oh, you know. You smile, big deal. It is a pretty big deal when you know what he's smiling about. This is not just Superman learning to use his powers. This is Superman enjoying himself and actually giving into his powers and enjoying them and not just monologuing about how careful he has to be or how dangerous he is to others and mm. what if I do this and what if this is wrong what if that's wrong he's like I am so powerful right now and I'm going to beat your ass mm. and it's going to be awesome mm. and so you have that going on and that brings a smile to your face and then you have the fantastic uh, narrative from Lana Lang and her current situation in this story and you get this kind of like a a beautiful duality between the two characters that even though they're not together per se, they're, they're apart in the story for for the moment. They're kind of like experiencing the same exhilarating rush of their situations. And it's really awesome to hear, to hear that joy from two different perspectives in the same book and just have both situations be very life-threatening things and managing to find something positive within mm-hmm. those moments. It's really cool. It's really good Superman stuff. Yeah. I read it before we came on the air, and on top of that, the Lana Superman stuff mm. works so well in a small, charming... She whispers, and he can yeah. hear, and yeah. he calls him Clark, and, mm. and things of that nature. We have you know other agencies involved here yeah. lots of lots of great action stuff yeah. and it's just a big giant monster lots of fighting tons of heart especially in clark's flashbacks mm-hmm. yeah which is a lovely little panel the art is interesting it's not i don't want to say cartoony mm. but there's certainly a lot of air yeah which in most of the dc books it isn't it's very dense yeah and this it's, it's allowed to breathe yeah and it's superman and when he's flying you want clouds yeah. and sky and it just it's just beautiful to look at and it's happy yeah and that is just really really special to mm. me superman should have some of that and here it is yeah in spades you know it, his art reminds me it's kind of it's like a softer frank quietly i was thinking Perfect. the same exact you know, thing. Yep. to me he's got that same sort of the faces are kind of bubbled a little bit you know mm. he's very very defined got the mumps and, yeah i got the mumps a little yeah. bit but yeah, it, it, it's that perfect that that kind of perfect mixture. And uh, 
you know, I talked about it a little bit, I think, back when, before Man of Steel came out when I was going, running over my favorite Superman stories, but uh, All-Star Superman with Frank Whiteley and Grant Morrison is probably my favorite Superman story, and if people are liking this, you should check that out, because they have similar looks and a similar style to them, absolutely. Um, so, awesome. That's uh, our books of the week. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back and talk about some comic book movie news. Last week, I was like, we're not going to talk about this Wonder Woman stuff because it's not going to happen for a long time. We're not going to tell it's mm. real. Well, it's real. <laughs> it happened the next day after we recorded. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, Gal Gadot from the Fast and Furious franchise has been cast as Wonder Woman in um, the Superman, Batman, yet to be officially titled film for the summer of 2015. Um those we'll go over the three big stories I'll just list them and then we'll we'll go back and we'll circle around and we'll talk okay. about all of them um of course there was uh, we got the amazing spider-man 2 trailer hit um the next day after that and I believe that same day not to be outdone uh Brian singer announced that uh the follow-up to x-men days of future past would be x-men apocalypse so it was a big dump of news it gave us a, a pretty clear future about what what's coming a pretty clear picture of what's coming in in our future and uh we're gonna talk about those three things specifically and we have time we'll we'll talk about some of the other stuff that's like coming godzilla. up godzilla like godzilla well godzilla was awesome let's just say that all right yes. uh yeah that teaser yeah. came out uh on tuesday and it is pretty awesome uh yeah it's the, the, the there's some chills when those soldiers are are falling from the, the yeah. plane and you see him just through like the smoke through their 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 goggles i just want to be i just want to be in the theater i remember the trailer for the other godzilla the matthew broderick oh, yeah. godzilla with Godzilla coming into the the pier and the pier getting all smashed up, I jumped up in the theater yeah. and was like, "What? Yeah!" yeah! Like screaming mm-hmm. my head off. And then that piece of crap mm-hmm. came out, and I liked it at first because I was stupid, yeah, and I was young. Mm-hmm. And now that it's been you know several years, mm-hmm. looking back on it, just I, I hang my <laughs> head in shame and I go, "Oh, yeah, oh no." But this he looks like Godzilla. And he sounds like that, a, that. I was just gonna say yeah. that roar sold it for me. If yeah. the rest of it didn't, that was oh, they're using it. They're going. Yeah, for I it. was like, I was like six years old again when I heard that. I was like, mm-hmm. yes. Only thing <gasps> I need to see is his his fins glow blue when he shoots the stuff out of his mouth. I hope they add what they've been doing in the last few Japanese mm-hmm. movies, where it sort of coalesces in his mouth mm-hmm. in sort of this ball of plasma and then erupts yeah. in, with force and stuff blows up everywhere. Yeah. Soldiers and tanks and yeah. Ooh, it's been some good stuff on the other side of the ocean mm. for a while over Interesting. there. Interesting. Stephanie, you, you gave us a little gasp, but what were you gasping No, about? it was just really awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> and then there was like a completely, I mean, it was relevant, but sort of more relevant to my life in the sense that a Godzilla pajama onesie showed up in my mail on Sunday. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. So, you know, there's photos on my phone of that, and I will probably go to the movie in that to... I would stop sending me photos of your cat and send me one of those instead. I want oh my to see god, this. I totally will. It's happening right this second. Right does it, this second. Does it have right fins this. up the back? 
you will see. Okay, she's gonna send me a photo. Okay. But yeah. Long's, I am excited about that movie. Yeah. It looked so good. Yeah. I tried to watch it in the line for Starbucks earlier, and then I was like, nah, no good. <laughs> and went home and put it on full screen. It was like, yep, better. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. I'm very excited about that movie. Coming right off of Pacific Rim to have a Godzilla in the pipeline. Yeah, we're in kind of a, like a renaissance thing, yeah. for like th- these, these kind of movies right now. So, Which I'm really okay with. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. awesome. Um, so yeah, we, we all agree Godzilla is going to be awesome. Uh, to, a more, to a more divisive topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so obviously the biggest news for all this stuff is, is, the, is the, the casting and announcement full on that Wonder Woman will be a character... Uh, in the upcoming Man of Steel sequel, we still don't know what it's going to be called. Supposedly, Batman vs Superman or Batman Superman or w- whatever. Did you see the short list of like six to eight different titles that they were shopping around that got leaked out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not yeah. still not sure of the validity of any of those, um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. They're I'm, awful. Yeah, they're all awful. So that's why I don't think they're going to be. That's what it's going to be because. They're, they're pretty good at naming movies. <laughs> you know, why, not... why even do that though? Why... Well, because that could be that could be somebody else. That could be somebody else because they got that off. People bought domain names. There was a, a oh, bunch okay. of domain names bought. Oh. So that they they, uh, but you can you can fake like someone can go on GoDaddy and write I'm from and write Warner Brothers as their company. Right, and then it pops up. So. I, I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see whenever those those titles um, actually we, happen. We have a highlight. Give me the worst one. Um, I don't even. They, they weren't even worth remembering. <laughs> no, yeah, they're, they're pretty. Batman, bad. Superman, fighting. That was pretty. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been better than probably any of the ones that they actually uh, posited on on that site. Like but, when it was like Superman battles Batman or Batman battles yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, that's crazy. A lot of them too. Or they can like Brangelina hit and be like. Batman, Superman, Batman, Batman, Batman. Sup- Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Those names are also bought up sometimes because they just want anybody who types in even the wrong name for the movie ends up going uh-huh. to their website. You know, so Batman Battle Superman, oh, they, it gets redirected to Batman Superman or whatever it would be. That's clever. Yeah, they do that all the time with stuff like that. But um, I have no idea what it's going to be called yet. We don't really know what it's going to be about yet. We've heard rumors about... No Batman villains, just Superman villains. One of them being Doomsday. That's you know possibly being played by Jason Momoa. That's a ridiculous picture that Sammy just sent us of her and her Godzilla onesie. That's what awesome. What are you doing? <laughs> That's a Amy Godzilla was pose. coaching me. Amy was coaching me. You need she to put like, that. You need to put that in the show. You really post. do. That's more uh, like Gadzuki. Yeah. She uh, couldn't stop laughing because she was like, "The legs are so tiny," <laughs> and I was like, "This is the best." Yeah. Oh my like, God. why did you order that? But we're building. I'm sorry. I promise. We, we're, she, her husband has a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man onesie. Mm-hmm. And once I move in, I'm gonna build like a box for it in the backyard, and we're going to have like a showdown. That's awesome. And we're gonna destroy the box city and be like, Aah! nice. Kaiju Big Battle Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Like what Matt Fraction and Kelly Sudeconic did for their kids' birthday party last yeah. year. Yeah. It's gonna be like uh, that Arrested Development scene. All right. Or they think they're destroying the tiny village. It looks a lot more like Godzilla from the front than from the side. The side one, you look like Pete's dragon. <laughs> All right, let's stop talking about things that people can't see. All right. Um, so back to Superman, Wonder, Superman, Batman. Um, we uh, we know that there's rumors of Doomsday being in the movie, like Luther being in the movie, possibly Jason Momoa from uh, Game of Thrones being in in the movie. 
Uh, that's all stuff's all still up in the air. But the solid thing is, obviously, Gal Gadot being announced as Wonder Woman. Um, it was announced in the internet as typical was horrible about it. Um, but we will try to have a, a more full fleshed out conversation and reason conversation. Than no, that. no. Stephanie is going to be reactionary. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. So let's start this out. Um, Stephanie, what were your initial reactions to the announcement? And then how do you feel now? Um, okay. So, Again, this ties back into my journey. I stopped at Starbucks and I saw this, the whole news thing on my road trip. And I was like, well, I'm going to park here and talk about this on Twitter for five (laughs) minutes before I drive. Um, And like my first reaction was like, really? Oh, I actually really like the Fast and the Furious movies a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like one of those guilty pleasure action movies for me. They're exactly as advertised. And I can totally admire and enjoy a movie that, like, is exactly what it sells mm-hmm. or like sells itself to be. And she's great in it. Like, she kicks ass. She's a ninja. She shoots things. And you know, the ladies in the Fast and the Furious are actually remarkably awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're not the ones that are at the races that are just in thongs and stuff. <laughs> right. Because that's a thing that happens if you haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so I like her in those movies, but like she is a toothpick mm-hmm. and I was really, really hoping, I mean, I was really hoping for someone like Gina Carano or like, is it Gina Torres? What, who, from uh, Firefly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Or like someone who was like not your typical Hollywood, like super thin, rail-thin girl. Like, Wonder Woman is one of, like, my role models. And, like, you know, like, for a lot of women out there, and one of the only really prominent females in comics when you think of comics. Like, it's like... And actually, in general... Because, I mean, there's, like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, as far as DC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was a little disappointed, and I think I tweeted as much. But... I really like her. She could probably pull it off. And if she's going to tone up, like, I mean, Hugh Jackman got, like, buff for Wolverine. Yeah. And I'm sure with a trainer, she could definitely get her body mass up there. But, it, and she's tall. Like, she, I think she's 5'9". Yeah, she is. So she's the same height as Jamie Alexander, who plays Sif. Mm-hmm. But they're very different physiques. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to reserve judgment until the movie or at least a trailer comes out to see what they do for her. Cause I mean, Adrian Pellicky, they left just rail thin. Mm-hmm. Like she was just teeny tiny. And even though she also kicks ass, she was not my wonder woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm kind of rambling now, but I don't think you rambled at all fine. actually. Um, but I, I just want her to be the role model that she is for women in comics. Mm hmm. I don't want them her to be the role model that Hollywood thinks she should be. Mm. Um, you know, like it just, eh. <laughs> yeah. There were there were a lot of other actresses who could have fit the physique better, mm-hmm. but again, they could have done worse. So. All right. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll just go off and then we'll go to everybody else. I, I, for me, uh, 
first full stop, and I think I've talked about this before when we talked about movie casting and stuff like that. Uh, physical resemblance to the character is means the least to me of anything in the in the entire spectrum uh, of these announcements. Um, I, I think that uh, look, she, I, I think body type. Look, she's a professional actor. All she's gonna have to do from now until she has to shoot that movie is make herself look more like the character is supposed to look. You know, you look at all of these actors. There's no reason if Christian Bale can go from being in The Machinist to going being Bruce Wayne in Batman Begins that she can't go from being which, where, where she is to being a more toned, uh, mm-hmm. muscular person in in the probably, you know, six to eight maybe a year that she has probably to, to you know to, maybe before before she shoots because we have no idea the size of her role here yeah. in, in this movie. Sorry, she actually is like actually trained in you know shenanigans of fighting because I think she was um, a soldier in the Israeli army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she was. I mean, every every citizen of Israel has to serve in, in the army. But yes, she was. Um, you know, I, I, she is she is very very skinny. But I think that if what I'm the thing I'm looking for is can she bring can she be imposing not physically but just as a as a presence as a personality, you know, in in the movie, uh, I, I agree with you actually 100 percent about the Fast and Furious movies. They are movies that are exactly what they set out to be, and I think that she is badass in them. She, do, you know, all she's really given to do is she, you have to be a badass. Like that's what she's given to do in those movies, and she pulls it off. I haven't we haven't got a chance to see her stretch at all as far as acting chops, but you know, uh, but that doesn't mean that they aren't there. And I, I think re- regardless of you know what we what we think about um, you know our personal opinions about the quality of, of the last Superman movie. For the most part, we were pretty unanimously saying that everybody was pretty good in, in those movies. Warner Brothers is not going to cast somebody who's bad, you know, just to cast somebody. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they probably auditioned like a thousand people, you know, for the movie, and she won for for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I, I, I'm not saying she's going to be great at it because I got no idea. And I'm saying the same thing as Stephanie. I'm reserving judgment until I see some of her uh, in, in the movie. But, uh, and I, I, I think um, uh, that it is, it shows the marked difference between Warner Brothers from now, from before The Dark Knight Rises, where they refused to tell you the names of any of the characters that were in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, any of the real names. They wouldn't even call, you know, uh, Anne Hathaway Catwoman. They would yeah. really call her Selena Kyle. And this, they come out and they say, she's playing Wonder Woman. So we, we need to see um, what that what that's going to be. And the, the movie is now shaping up to be uh, a rather full film <laughs> with characters. And I think we're, I, we'll probably mention this when we talk about Spider-Man as well, when mm-hmm. we get to talking about that. Um, so that's the one thing I'm, I'm worried about. I'll get more into deeper thoughts as, as we go along. But Bob, why don't, you, uh, why don't you let us know what you think? Sure. I have... No clue who this woman is mm. until three days ago. Right. Never having seen those mm. movies, looked it all up. She has a, a very interesting look, very Mediterranean, obviously, yes. which yeah. certainly helps mm. to actually take the character down that Greek road, yeah. Yeah. so to speak. That she's thin doesn't matter because, mm. as you're saying, first of all, she doesn't need to be immense. Yeah. She just needs to be toned, and yeah. that'll be just fine. Yeah. On top of everything else, I come at Wonder Woman somewhat differently. Mm. So in terms of this actress and this part, I don't think she needs to be badass. Wonder Woman isn't really. She has to have strength and resolution 
that she wouldn't have to go beat the snot out of people because, well, you wouldn't dare challenge her. Well, you, but you gotta, so she needs yeah, that yeah, presence exactly. to be able to stand there and say, no, you don't want to try that. Exactly. Yeah, Instead be, of that yeah. she can turn the building upside down. She could if she wants to, but yeah. she doesn't have to. Right, yeah. Right. Someone who was in the Israeli army who mm-hmm. could train the way she must have to do that, mm-hmm. I think she's perfectly capable mm-hmm. of putting on some weight and putting on some muscles mm-hmm. and being that physical embodiment of the mm-hmm. character. She's 5'9". Linda Carter was 5'9 and a half. Mm-hmm. Right in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. It's now going to come to what they give her to do and mm-hmm. how she can then adapt what her acting style is and the part and the words they give her to say mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. We'll, I'll, I'll throw to Steve. We'll talk okay. about the actress and then I'll go on my other rant later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess my opinion will probably lead into to Bob's. Is uh, I have no problem with Gal Gadot being Wonder Woman. I really don't. Uh, I mean, one of the first things that I had thought to myself while I'm looking online and reading Twitter and the absurd amount of of just rah, rah, rah that was going on, I mean, that's to be expected. But for people not to take into consideration that if you sign a contract and you're chosen and they they tell you you're going to be Wonder Woman, that's going to be your priority, from now until that film reaches the screen and beyond, can, you know, assuming that you've been contracted for more than one film, mm-hmm. um, it is now your job to become Wonder Woman. Uh, I love the Fast and Furious films. I was going to say it. The first three were kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth Not one gets... The first three? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, fir- the first three were ridiculous. The fourth one was getting better. The fifth one was fantastic, and the sixth one was just balls out awesome. Um, all together as a series, they all eventually amount to be pretty good because it's all character building stuff. And even though it's fluff, and it's it's exactly what it mm-hmm. says it's going to be, it's a lot of fun. And especially those last two films are straight up heist films. They're action packed. And a lot of character relationships pay off. But this is not a review about the Fast and Furious films. And now you make me want to go see those. They're good. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're good. Um, a lot of people knock them because of the way that they come off. But there's actually some very redeeming things about them. They're fun. Um, so- you really actually do pass, like, pass the Bechdel test even for women that actually are people that use that as a scale of what movies or books and stuff to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They pass the Bechdel test thing. <laughs> Back. Um, so, I mean, my, like I said, one of my first thoughts was there obviously Warner Brothers is going to assign a personal trainer to Gal Gadot. No question about it whatsoever. She'll, she'll work out. She'll be given her lines and she'll probably do some reading mm-hmm. and she'll, she'll take into consideration, uh, things said by fans and skepticism. I mean, I hope not too much, but you know, enough to know where she needs to to put her her focus to embody the character, but that's what I care about. I want her to embody the character. I don't want to have another like for me personally. I don't want another Man of Steel upset with Wonder Woman's character. I don't want to if she's entering into this dark DC universe or whatever. I just I don't want to see her lopping heads left and right or or whatever. Um, I'm not so much concerned about the actress. I'm a lot more concerned about what they're going to give her to work with and what their version or their vision is of Wonder Woman because this version is going to be the one that's going to set 
you know, things into motion for that character for years to come. Mm-hmm. And if they get it wrong, it's going to be disastrous. It'll be no more Wonder Woman after that if it fell apart. Okay. You, you want to? Do you want to keep going, or you want? No, I just. Bob? I mean, no. Bob, Bob's <laughs> no, gonna. No, you go ahead, Steve. <laughs> no, it's just. It's. It's like I said. I have. I have faith in Hollywood's ability to transform people. Like you mentioned, mm. Christian Bale with The Machinist, and. Then going to Batman, you see what these people put themselves through. Or uh, Benicio del Toro in *Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas* ate nothing but donuts for over three and a half months to to play Doctor Gonzo. That it's just people they're paid and they're professionals and they do these things because that's their job. Their job is to entertain you and do it in the best way that they know how. I have no doubt that she will do that because this is a huge, huge, huge moment in her career. And a huge moment for her to step out as an actress that not only is she beautiful, but she could be fucking Wonder Woman. Mm. You know, you're going to want that person once these films are done or in between these films, you're going to want that girl in your movie. Mm. She's fucking Wonder Woman, Mm. you know. So that's what I want. Be Wonder Woman and be a be a Wonder Woman that's on the side of good. If you got to get your hands dirty, that's fine. But just make sure that the. You know, the end of those means is a, is a positive one for fans and for future fans mm-hmm. of the character. Little girls, for example, kids, parents that bring their kids to the next Man of Steel film and you bring your little daughter, you better have a good fucking Wonder Woman for her or I'm going to be pissed. So, sorry. There you go. <laughs> Bob, Rage. go ahead. Sure. I agree with everything you say there, Steve. You said almost all that needs to be said. I was very concerned that Wonder Woman was being added to this movie coming off what we know about Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. And then it it went away. The rumors went away for a while. Then we had Ben Affleck Mm -hmm. added, and it's now a slightly different confection being made Mm -hmm. that it's possible that his character leavens off Henry Cavill's Superman that Mm -hmm. were in an older period. At least that's all that's coming out so far. We're Mm. way out from all this. Absolutely, yeah. It's all speculation. Right. But it does seem as if they're looking at at a different sort of project. So I have more slight hopes than I did before on that basis of it not being berserker Wonder Woman lopping off heads and Mm. all the rest of that. My other concern with that, as I interjected sadly, sorry about that, is if this goes wrong, they may not give Wonder Woman a second try. And the biggest part of that to me is if you're going to finally have Wonder Woman in a movie after 75 years, we're, we're looking at by the time this comes out, 15 or 16? 15. 15, okay, 74 years. Same summer as the Avengers. 74 years. It would be apt, proper, fitting that Wonder Woman appears in a Wonder Woman movie first and not as someone's sidekick accessory item in a supporting part that might only be as Diana Prince, even though saying she's Wonder Woman, mm. is she in the post-credit sequence? Is she mm. for two minutes in the middle of this movie? Oh, look, yeah, it's Wonder Woman. As if it's a oh, look, it's Stanley's cameo. Mm. I want Wonder Woman to be Wonder Woman. Full bore, full stop, all caps. Mm. Well, I mean, th- this is w- well. This is one thing I'll say. This is th- one thing will not be. It's not going to be a failure because I, I think part of this. Is protecting against is protecting against that. I think it's if one woman is in a movie called Batman Superman, that movie's gonna make money. This is where, doesn't matter. Like that movie's gonna. Oh, make I, money. No, I don't mean the movie making right, money. That's I what, mean that, that's her what, characterization making right, money. Right, but this is what Hollywood cares about. If Wonder Woman is badly characterized, 
Hollywood doesn't care. They're not going to be like, oh, she was badly characterized. She can't be in her own movie. They're going to say, like, look how much money this movie made. Like, you know, of course, give her her own movie. Now, My focus in theirs is different. Right. You know, yeah, this, yeah. That's what I mean. So I, I think w- the way I see it is this This is actually, um, you know, this is, this is two things, I think. This is one, DC being like, this is their way to play catch up, right? This is a way to go, like, we're going to introduce these people so that we can put them in their own movies or we can make a Justice League movie and it makes more sense than just doing Justice League without introducing these people. Uh, I think, so I think there's that. Uh, and I think there's, there's obviously pitfalls in that, that idea. Uh, I, I, and I think, but I think the second reason is this, this makes it so Wonder Woman will be seen by millions and millions and millions of people. And then with that cachet that now already exists in the comic book world, but doesn't really exist in mainstream culture anymore as far as like movies go to a lot of people. As far as movies go, I would dispute that though in terms of Wonder Woman's culture and points and how many little girls walk around with Wonder Woman shirts and toys and lunchboxes and all the rest of it never having read a lick of the comic book. But there's, there's a difference between, and I think Superman struggle with this for a little while as well there's a difference between being a cultural icon and, a, and um, um, you become you have the danger of becoming a mascot you, you're becoming Mickey Mouse who nobody cares about nobody cares about Mickey Mouse everybody loves Mickey Mouse the merchandise the way he looks they wear shirts but when's the last time Disney made a, uh, anything with Mickey Mouse in it you before, know what I mean before Frozen yeah, I was just about to I mean say like that. a main feature thing that they were I know that didn't go straight to video a long time yeah, yeah. So Miss Miss Snarky over there, okay? Um, <laughs> She's back. <laughs> so that's the danger, right? The danger of becoming Mickey Mouse, and I think Superman was in that danger a lot. It was very much in danger of that for a while for them. Um, and, and so there's there's with the people who buy shirts and the little girls who love her. Does that translate into wanting to go see her in a movie? I think it does, and I and I think I think that obviously we've talked many times about that fear being ridiculous and unfounded and no right. one to go see it. But I think that this allows them. And I don't mean I don't even, I don't mean Zack Snyder and David Goyer because traditionally artists are much more adventurous than executives are. You know I don't think that they have any have any qualms about having her in the movie. But this gives those suits a, a like you know it's like a testing ground. It's okay we'll put her in this movie and if people really respond then she gets her own movie. And I think this is kind of a safety blanket for that character. So I think you're definitely going to see her in her own movie after this. So I don't have a problem with that. I think that you know what we see her as her depiction as we're going to have to see how this goes. Right? I have faith because Ben Affleck is in it. That it's going to be a quality, a quality movie. Uh, her depiction, that's still up in the air. We have no idea. The, the, her amount that she's in the movie, it, it, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be more than just like, oh, look, Wonder Woman's over there, like a cameo. But I have a feeling that it's going to be a um, something's brewing on the edges of this movie the kind of thing more with her than her being a central player and everything that's going on. Uh, I don't think they'd announce this casting for an after credit sequence. You know, I don't think they'd announce it like this. I think it would be more of a secret. So, who, who knows? But I, I, I think that I'm really excited because now there's a ton of people talking about Wonder Woman who weren't talking about her a week ago. She's going to be in this movie. She's going to be in one of the biggest movies of the year. And hopefully, all we can do is hope that that jump starts this into a major property. I mean... It, and it's, I don't think it's any coincidence, any coincidence, they, they announced this casting a week after two female-led films w- were number one and two at the box office. Um, you know, Catching Fire, obviously, and Frozen, which is animated, but still, it's, it's, it's a movie with a, a female as the, lead, as the lead character. I mean, I, I think th- they can no longer hide behind the, 
movies about female leads don't make money because Catching Fire and the Hunger mm-hmm. Games series is a juggernaut. Um, and, and so I, I think that they, they, I don't think there's any question that, that they were spurred on by, by the, the success right. of those But That also does speak to the reticence of their executives because as Kelly Thompson on uh, mm-hmm. CBR was pointing out, there's risk involved in everything. Oh, absolutely. And considering those two movies did what they did and The Hunger Games, the first yeah. one before that, yeah. they managed to try to poop out that Green Lantern movie mm-hmm. yeah. and, it, and it bombed. Mm-hmm. And Wonder Woman would have had a more built-in audience even oh, yeah. three years ago yeah. based on every underworld movies and mm, Resident yeah. Evils and all the rest of it. Yeah. And you could have tried this. What I'm at some level deathly, deathly afraid of, and it's just as a fan of this character for nine to 50 years, mm. we fans might accept nearly anything on the screen <laughs> as long as it's something on the screen. Mm. And if they take that ticket number mm. that which will be substantial yeah. certainly take that ticket number as uh, acceptance mm-hmm. love as opposed to just oh, we need to see something anything after mm-hmm. 40 years since linda carter was on television or that horrible pilot that steve and i drunk tweeted mm-hmm. <laughs> we really want to see our wonder woman some version of that wonder woman on mm-hmm. the screen and we're gonna go pay money to see that mm-hmm do we like it? Does it stink? Is it whatever? No, that if they look at that number, mm-hmm. that's different. And that's why I say I have a slightly different focus. Yeah, How much no. money it makes is not right. No, it's great and all, but yeah. no, I understand what you're saying. No, I look, and w- w- there's no accounting for the way people who only want to make money are, are going to think. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing we can do is hope, right? Because being cynical about what's going to happen, it, it really gets you nowhere, right? Because you're going to go, you're going to go anyway. It doesn't matter. You're going to go. So, you can either spend a year or two years being upset about it, and then if it's bad, you can be like, you can still be upset about it, and, and you know, be like, look, I told you so, or you can be hopeful about it and at least have a year or so of being serene, and then <laughs> deal with being upset after you actually see it. I'm very rarely serene. You've seen that <laughs> over two years, which is kind of how I go into most things like this. I'm like, yeah. hey, look, I'm not gonna be cynical about it because if it's bad, I'm gonna have to deal with being pissed off anyway. So I might as well not be pissed off for the year mm-hmm. and a half I have before it actually comes out. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited to see what happens. I, I'm excited to see what they do with the, the with both her and the, the Batman character in, in that movie. I'm excited to see the costumes. I'm you know I'm excited to see when they roll this stuff out. I'm gonna be really pumped to see what everything looks like, despite my misgivings about that that first movie. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. Be more excited with Ben directing too. Well, yeah, absolutely. But that that's not happening in general. Any yeah. movie, I'd be yes. more excited about Ben directing. So it's not. It, it, it's not even that. I mean, we'll see as, as we go forward. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so we're obviously we talk a lot more about this as we as we as we go along. Um, let's move on to uh, oh, Stephanie. You, you had very little time to say anything. Did you want to say anything more about the Gal Gadot stuff? No, I don't think so. I'm. I mean, I think I said my piece. I kind of rambled for quite a while. So okay. you right. know, moving just, on. Just making sure. Okay, so let's move on to uh, another film, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Had, had uh, its first trailer uh, this past week. Uh, obviously, the sequel to Amazing Spider-Man, which came out uh, in 2012, correct? Yes, 2012. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone. Now we have the additions of Jamie Foxx and Chris Cooper and Dean Don and um, Paul Giamatti. So uh, what do we think? Steve, what do you think of this trailer? It was very busy. Mm-hmm. It was extraordinarily busy. 
there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people online, including myself, I'm, a, I'm excited for it. I really am. I'm really, really excited for it. But I'm also very concerned for it in that it might be biting off a little bit more than than a second movie can handle. I I, I, pre- I appreciate what they're doing. They're they're building their sinister sex. That's blatantly obvious. That is not a spoiler. That's in the trailer. You can see the octopus arms mm-hmm. in the background. There's a lot of things that are, are hinted, and even they've even said mm-hmm. that they're that this is what they're doing. Um, I like a lot of the people that are involved as these villains, though, which is really cool. I I really like Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. I've always liked him. There's something about his voice. Um, I actually just watched Turbo last night, the animated <laughs> film. I had to watch it for for, for Joe Blow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about his voice. It's even though I was watching what's essentially a CGI cartoon, mm-hmm. he is a very animated actor, mm-hmm. and I love it when he gets pissed off. So if he's actually going to be the rhino and he's going to be like kind of stamping his feet and like, you know, building this monstrosity of a, of a machine, uh, people said they had a problem with him not wearing a rhino suit. Mm. I really don't know that I wanted to see Paul Giamatti running around <laughs> in rhino pajamas. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, having just seen those Godzilla ones, I, yeah. I, I could dig the yeah. yeah. of rhinos. I don't know. I mean, like, how, how would you do that and it not look stupid? I mean, from that trailer, he is going to be wearing a rhino suit. I think it's just going to be... It's just a transformer suit. It's a transformer yeah. mech rhino suit. Yeah. yeah, but it looks Blech. it looks badass. When that when the foot comes down and steps onto the concrete and you hear that, like, that crush of the yeah. concrete, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, well, you don't like it, Bob? No. All right. No. no, because I didn't like the goblin looking like that either. All right. Well, my problem, while I do appreciate where how the rhino looks, mm. um, I do not like the look for a green goblin. It's been, it's granted, we haven't seen a close up. It's been kind of blurry. You know, it was very quick. Yeah, very quick. Um, but from what I've gathered from it, it's kind of like looking at like the U- the old UFO photos. You know what I mean? Like the blurry UFO mm. photos where you can't really tell. Um, the actor though, um, Dahan. Dan Dahan, yeah. He was he, he was f- great in Chronicle, yeah. and even in the trailer, he was my favorite part of the trailer. Mm-hmm. He is so slimy mm-hmm. and so cold and calculated and just inherently evil. In that trailer, he gives that off just in the minute and 45 seconds or whatever the hell it is. Uh, and the little clips of him, I got that from him just in that short amount of time. I'm really looking forward to see what he does on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, uh, we can toss it off to somebody else. But overall, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I just hope that things don't get lost, particularly one thing that has been hinted at um in this as the finale to to this you know Mm. sequel i i hope that the emotional weight of that doesn't get lost amidst all these villain antics Mm -hmm. um i'm hoping that they they stick to the the more romantic aspects of the Mm. spider-man this new spider-man franchise because that stuff was really good in the first one yeah absolutely Mm. uh stephanie what about you um i mean Okay, so first of all, as far as the comics go, you guys know I'm not as uh, diehard as far as they go. Like, you guys are way more into them. I kind of just read them when I get to them. 
Um, I liked the comics. I liked the first movie. Um, and I'm excited for this one. I agree with Steve. It was very busy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, look at me. No, no, look at me. It was like the trailer had ADHD. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, 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 look. <laughs> oh, here, take a second to look at, look at something else. Look, look, look. <laughs> and so, you know, there was just a lot shoved into that first little bit. And like, there just wasn't enough things like paused upon that you can get like good looks at. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I'm obviously going to go see it in theaters. I'm probably going to like it if, as long as they do as good a job as they did with the first one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a very debated topic amongst comic book people as to whether or not they did a good job with the first one. I personally did like it, though, so that's, you know. Yeah, that's what's that important. Said. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I'm interested to see what they do with Gwen Stacy and... The other, because who else was cast in the movie as well? Felicity. Uh, Felicity Hardy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah no. Felicity, no. Felicity Jones. Is, Felicity is, Jones. Oh. Yeah. There, there's she a rumor that she's playing Felicia. In it. Yeah. And I don't believe they announced who she's playing. No, they never announced who she was playing. So I'm interested to see like some of the other details come out. And sorry, when did you, when is it out? It's out uh, next, next summer. In the okay, May. Okay, so. Yeah. We'll have like twelve thousand more trailers yes. between now and then, and eighty-six TV spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, so good for me. Um, I don't know how I feel about the rhino. It kind of looked like a really pointy toaster. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah. it didn't really look like a rhino to me. Really, I was kind of really like, beast I barbecue grill. <laughs> yeah, what you're doing, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a trash compactor. <laughs> With a horn. Yeah. Uh, like a trash compactor unicorn. <laughs> I like that. That's a good yeah. one. Trash compactor unicorn. Um, Bob, what did you think of it? I agree with both our mm. my esteemed colleagues so far. I was really juiced for this movie until I saw the trailer. Mm. And I understand it's a trailer. And there are things cut into this trailer that may only be... Mm-hmm minor plot details of everything else. But once I saw that the rhino was actually in this, mm-hmm. where the rumor had always been, well, he's a truck driver and yeah. he gets it at the end or whatever. Yeah. Now we see this technology is Oscorp mm-hmm. and we have wings and they're metallic too. Mm-hmm. And the goblin is another mm-hmm. transformer toy and a little put off by the clutteredness of mm-hmm. this, that how do we get all this together? Do, is this Spider-Man 3? Is this the second Batman movie? Are mm-hmm. we? How do we get all this together and introduce Norman mm-hmm. and Harry mm-hmm. and do something with Gwen? Is Does that become pushed to the side and just runs to the end of the movie? And Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. I, still going to go. Love what they did with Emma Stone mm-hmm. and Andrew Garfield. Absolutely just adored that. Not thrilled with the mom and dad again. Mm-hmm. There was a minor subplot in the fifth annual mm-hmm. that never surfaced again. And right. it seems really weird to have to, again, let's tie in everyone's origin together. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the, the unicorn toaster, as Stephanie puts it, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I could do without that. I'm still going to be there. 
less thrilled than I was just a bit ago. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm excited about it. Um, I, I really, really liked that that first movie quite a bit. I, I think th- that movie is burdened by two things. It's burdened coming off of Spider-Man 3, which was horrible, and it's burdened by the fact that it's so close to the Sam Raimi movies that it got... and it. But because Spider-Man 3 was so bad, it had to restart everything so it could be have its own thing and sure. be fresh and be away from all of that. So uh, it got burdened with kind of that... Um, is it? Do we really need to see another Spider-Man origin story this soon? I, I was really excited about this because it's unburdened by origin story. We now just go, this is Spider-Man. This is the world. You can't talk about the Sam Raimi movies anymore because now we're, we're gone. We're gone, right? Uh, I agree with everybody. There's a lot going on in this trailer. And I, I think we've all seen movies go wrong stuffing this much mm-hmm. stuff into one movie. Imagine Spider-Man 3. Every Batman movie ex- in the in that first era, except for the first one, mm-hmm. uh, you you know, so all those things pop up in my head. Um, I, I think that I was surprised um, how much or how prominent it looks like the Goblin is going to be. Um, I was surprised about how much Rhino that we saw and how how um, you know how proportionally little Electro we saw. Knowing what we know, which is that he is basically the main villain of, mm-hmm. of, of the movie, um, look, trailers can be misleading. You know that Rhino stuff could take place over a very, very short amount of time. That scene where he it looks like he's hitting him with that manhole cover mm-hmm. could happen, and then right after that, he could get into that suit and charge at him. You know, we don't know. That could be the opening sequence. Exactly, yes. it, it could be the opening sequence. And I, the, the part about it that doesn't worry me and actually gets me excited is I love the idea of them not having to origin every villain that they bring in. No, not we don't and not everything has to be this long drawn out personal origin story for everybody. We can just bring people in and have them be the bad guys in this Spider-Man universe. He's been the Spider-Man for a while now. Shit's messed up in New York City. He's got to deal with stuff just like he does in the comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we get a hint of that in the in the Nolan movies when, you know, Scarecrow shows up at the beginning of Dark Knight. You're like, "Oh wow, he just exists in this world. We don't have he doesn't have to be the main villain. He can just be around." So I'm hoping that's what they're doing with Rhino. Um, you know, I agree with you guys. Like I, uh, when I saw the little bit of the Goblin we saw, I was not overly enthused by it because I, I, I you know, they just because they've tried that look for the Goblin before and it didn't work. He looks like a combination between a Dragon Ball Z character and Captain America. Yeah, well, he looked, not Captain America, Captain Planet. He looks like <laughs> Harry from the from the Spider-Man Three to me. That's what he looked like with, with what he was what he was rolling with. No, there. it's interesting. Anyone ever see the test that Raimi did? Yeah, with the mask with with the really real good. animatronic yeah. mask that looks just like the Goblin yeah. and. Uh, whether it was Defoe wanted his face to show, who knows what, no why they went the was. other way. Yeah. But yeah, it's really a shame that went the way of all flesh. And again, we're, we're trailer. We see we see we see stops and starts. We see little bit of little moments. Um. So who knows what is actually going to look like in final form? Uh, the the tough part about Spider Man movie, always with this stuff, is that I don't think there's any hero that they make movies out of or any hero in this kind of milieu where the part where he's Peter Parker matters just as much, if not more than the part where he's actually Spider-Man. Sure. You know, that stuff is what separates Spider-Man from the other characters where he has a regular life in which he needs to lead it day to day and make money and have a girlfriend and, and all of this stuff. Um, the little bit we get with Peter and Gwen, I think is great. 
Um, I think his interactions with Harry, as Steve was saying, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I love that kid. I think he's awesome, and I, I think he's going to be great. I don't care if people call him Emo Harry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I could. He looks amazing. His yeah. eyes. Yeah. So, like, like cold and dead and just he he's i can't wait to see him in the movie i'm really excited about it um so we'll see we got the we got the really cool little easter eggs to sinister six stuff like you were saying the wings and the Mm. and the and the arms and we see those doors opening in that one part uh i think the thought of the end with electro looks awesome i think that looks like a really dynamic scene which we really haven't seen i was a little sketchy with that the whole blue but Mm. now you think of it Big yellow lightning bolts might yeah. not work, but that whole battle sequence yeah. really looks exciting. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, the blue look is more like the ultimate universe. He, he's yeah. all blue oh, or whatever oh, okay. he is. Yes, yeah, so didn't that's, know that. That's what I think where they grab that from. I mean, it looks to me like from what I saw in the trailer, and again, this is stuff that's all out of order mm, and whatever. Yeah. But it it almost looks like Harry discovers the projects going on, mm. and that he almost creates and unleashes like they unleash some of the projects on people yeah and that in turn creates an electro and uh, maybe the rhino suit gets you know gets given to someone and just it looks like he discovers that his his father's company is making these things and he wants to start testing them out yeah i think they're also being very cagey about the involvement of him as versus um norman because as much as it Look, to me, it looks almost 100% like that's Harry in the goblin suit. Mm-hmm. He is completely covered up. So there is that could yeah. very well be Norman in, in the in the goblin suit. So we still have no idea what's going to happen. I, I love the way that the Spider-Man moves. I, 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 yeah. I, and I think the suit is the best suit they've ever got yes. in any of the movies. So I'm still excited about it. I really like that first movie. Um, oh, yeah. I'm pumped for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Again, but I'm, I have my reservations. It's my same reservations. Actually, the biggest reservation for me for the next, man, the next Superman movie is that same thing. Is mm-hmm. overpacking it with people and how you flesh that out, because I want the Peter stuff to be so good because it was so good in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. It's what raises that movie up above, I think, a lot of the other stuff. So um, we'll see how that uh, ends up. Because I better be freaking crying at the end of that movie. <laughs> it, it's, it's I've never said that before a superhero movie, but I should be crying by when, when that movie's over. So we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens. Um, and our, our last little bit of big news for future uh, uh, comic book movies is. Uh, without X-Men Days of Future Past is still um, months away. We're still in summer uh, of this coming year, obviously. But uh, uh, Brian Singer took to Twitter and announced that uh, X-Men Apocalypse coming in 2016 to be the direct follow-up to X-Men Days of Future Past. He will be directing it, and we now know it deals with the first-class group of characters. Um, Ooh, that's new. Yeah, it just came out. I think yesterday or today, uh, where he t- he talks about it. So he's directing, deals with the first class group of characters. Um, Stephanie, what do you think about his announcement? Can you can you get excited about it even before Days of Future Past hits the theaters? Um, I don't think so. Like, it, for me, I need to see how that's gonna kind of hold up after first class. Mm. And I don't know. I'm not like super stoked. Like everyone was like, ah, and I was just like. <laughs> okay. It's nice that they have another movie planned. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about more Michael Fassbender if that's going to be a thing. <laughs> I will never say no to that. Mm-hmm. And James McAvoy, I mean, I'm just saying they're easy on the eyes. Fussy. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I could be excited about. They didn't go with our casting note to make him Wonder Woman. I know. <laughs> what is wrong with them? He should play everyone. <laughs> You should just play everyone. Like, they're so stupid. They don't get me. But really, I don't know. 
it's not something that I'm super stoked for. Obviously, something that I could be super stoked for, mm-hmm. but not yet. Um, Steve, what about you? I can't get excited about it yet. <laughs> I can't. Um, I I don't know Apocalypse. My friend Brendan absolutely loves him. So maybe if I ask him, I guarantee you he doesn't know about this. That if I tell him, he'll he'll probably lose himself. Um, but Days of Future Past isn't even out yet. Uh, I'll admit that I had my I had my worries about that when I first saw the trailer online. Upon seeing it in the theaters up in HD on the big screen mm-hmm. with you know seven point one surround mm-hmm. sound now. It looks awesome. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. Uh, if it's going to be those same people in charge of the mm-hmm. next film, then yeah, mm-hmm. I I'm excited for it. But we don't. I don't know anything. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was online when that happened. Like I I follow him and I saw mm-hmm. the tweet, and I saw it. And it was like something like seven seconds ago that he tweeted it, and I was like sitting there and I went and three, two. One and I refreshed my page, and sure shit, it was trending, and mm-hmm. the whole internet blew up like yeah. right in front of my face. Mm-hmm. It was so for a good like twenty minutes, it was really really cool just to watch it spread like wildfire. All the creators, all the fans, retweeting stuff. I retweeted stuff. It was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little curious as to how they're gonna pull off Thanos uh, and Apocalypse. Seeing as they're both pretty visually pretty similar, mm-hmm. and uh, but one thing I will say about um, the potential of an apocalypse thing that I am excited about in part is that I love the idea of these massive, massive villains, these influential and like army commanding and you know, universe wielding uh, villains coming into the film universe. Because not only who do you get to to be these people, but even before we get into castings, because casting is just is just a disaster every time you go into <laughs> it. But um, conceptually, what are they going to do to the X Men universe that is going to lead into Apocalypse and lead us to this tremendous villain with all of this power behind him? Mm-hmm. That part I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. So I guess I am a little bit excited. <laughs> yeah. I always do that. I always start off so negatively. Then you by the end, I, I backpedal. Yeah, I did. You pumped yourself I talked up. about That's it a little good. bit. Now I'm excited. Yeah. You've got to teach right. me that. All right, so, so I'm excited. There you go. <laughs> Bob, what about you? Apocalypse is that era of X-Men where I checked out. Mm-hmm. Way too many giant, stupid villains to mm-hmm. me and, and craziness beyond belief. Mm-hmm. As crazy as it was before, right. it just amped it up and amped it up to the point it didn't seem to make any sense anymore. Mm-hmm. I have faith... Oddly, that Brian Singer can deliver something human scale mm-hmm. while still giving, as Steve says, this giant army wielding, universe changing mm-hmm. villain. It is great that it isn't just bank robbers all the time mm-hmm. or Lex Luthor's land deal and Otisburg and all yeah. the rest of it. Let's go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's go all the way with this. Mm-hmm. What happens? What year this is set in? We have no clue yet. Yeah. Is it the 70s, 80s? Is it yeah. now? Are these kids grown up? Mm-hmm. Is it. Did Wolverine break the time stream? Mm. We, we have no clue yet. Yeah, I'm 
guardedly excited. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm I I'm same with you. I mean, look, I'm excited because this means this means Brian Singer is committed to the X Men universe for the long term again, which I I think is nothing but a good thing. Um, you know, even though he didn't direct uh, First Class, he was very influential mm-hmm. in in that movie. And you know, we don't know what Days of Future Past is going to be yet. It looks like it's going to be very good. And again, we're moving to Apocalypse. I think they've pretty much said that there's going to be direct... What happens in Days of Future Past is directly going to lead into what happens oh. in Apocalypse. So I I think it's definitely something to do with Wolverine, something with a time stream. Uh, and it's, it's splintering off and almost like the... Creating this like parallel, this sub-dimension that's you know, almost like the Back to the Future 2, like, you know, horrible hmm. future. So we could have a th- another X-Men movie yeah, moving yeah, forward. Yeah, like where, that, where this like grows out of. I, I think the Apocalypse thing, uh, you know, my Apocalypse, my, the stuff I know about Apocalypse is more, much more modern. It's not from that era, uh, except for the X-Men cartoon, which I love yeah. that, 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 that where they, they tackled it in the X-Men cartoon. But uh, I, I love the idea of... You know, there's almost sort of like religious undertones to him because he has these acolytes and he has these he has like the four horsemen that that go ahead and you know he has war and pestilence and all of these these really over the top kind of um, uh, ethereal henchmen to use and and adding that into this X Men universe uh, I think could be just stunning visually for for one thing and just add a whole nother wrinkle to to what. The, the the ongoing story of the X Men is it's not just another and I think Days of Future Past is doing something similar here. Obviously, it's playing off of the whole government doesn't like us; they're going to try to take us out angle and adding a new wrinkle to that. And I think this is even another wrinkle to that, um, you know, because in, in the end, Apocalypse is, is kind of is really kind of on the almost on the side of the mutants, but he just does things in a very very horrible way. So uh, it, it's going to add a, a, a very um, I think deep nature to the story, which I think Brian Singer can nail absolutely. Yeah, Steve. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that there's this is um, not going off topic, but this is another, I guess, an additive to this? Did you hear the statement and or rumor that Hugh Jackman might retire the Wolverine, being the Wolverine character after Days of Future Past? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. What do you think of that? Look, he's done a lot of Wolverine movies, um, and he's given us a really good run. Uh, it'll be tough to have somebody else play Wolverine. But I think that if Days of Future Past could send it out in a way that makes sense for him to, to exit the role. Well, what if they, I mean, if, if presumably if he is the focus of the film and he gets left in another time. Yeah. I mean, that seems like it would be the perfect way of introducing someone else as Wolverine. Younger, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That could absolutely happen. Um, we'll have to see, you know, uh, I'm excited about it. Look, it, first of all, the announcement came out, and I was like, "This is weird. They're already announcing this movie." But then I'm like, "Marvel's been doing this for, for seven years. They've been the, we knew Ave- Iron Man two and Avengers were coming out before Iron Man, the day Iron Man <laughs> one broke at the box office. So, you know, the, the, setting up this plan is good. They they did announce as well that now I think it's Simon Kinberg is overseeing expanding universes for Fantastic Four and mm-hmm. X Men. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with Mark Millar. Uh, what's the deal with that? But. I don't know. I mean, Simon Kinberg has been writing superhero movies since they since they restarted doing superhero movies. You know, he was a writer, I think, on X Men One. So, you know, he he has the chops to do it. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But this this could lead into the X Force movie. We don't know what's going to happen. But I'm very excited that Brian Singer is. That's the thing that I take away from it more than anything else. That Brian Singer is going to be an X Men director for the next four or five years, which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. Um. Alrighty. So. 
that's the big uh, superhero news. All this with all of this thing, though, I'm still most excited about the second Avengers movie. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> possibly Captain America too, because I'm, I'm also really jazzed about. So, but no, no big news about any of those things, except for we know we officially know that Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnston are playing. Mm. Um, Pietro and Wanda, whether they be yeah. called Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. We don't I know. want some solid Fantastic Four film news. Yeah, we haven't got any of that. Seems like that's like a fart in the wind. There's a rewrite happening now, I yeah. think. Oh, good. Yeah. What happens? I mean, every movie gets rewritten, especially a movie that I am, I'm all for it. Yeah. Anything they can do to make it better. Yeah. Actually, they're reshooting some Captain America. Yeah, they always do that in Marvel yeah. movies. <laughs> uh, it's like adding a scene. Um, Shwarma. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Um, let's see here. We got a, we got a, a, a couple, an email that I want to uh, read out before we get on to the new releases. Um, so here we go. This is from um, this is from Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. And he says, "Hey, I'm looking for a good list of comics that stand the test of time for as many different characters as possible. So we don't do you know, uh, but uh, books that don't feel like they were they were made in the 80s or 90s and could come out today. Books." Uh, yeah, or, or even 10 years from now and still feel like something that just came out. Good examples. Batman Year One, Dark Knight Returns, Kingdom Come. Bad examples. Crisis on Infinite Earths and Secret Wars. It's not that those stories aren't good, but they definitely feel more dated in the, in, in the way they are presented compared to today. So he thinks he wants like timeless stories. In miniseries? Or, or anything, just, I think. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Blue. Yeah. Spider-Man Blue's a good one. That's a good it's one. classic and new at once. Yeah. It can be old or new, just as long as it, you know, it has that kind of, that, you know, good writing is good writing when it comes out, but. Talking strictly superheroes? Yeah, I think so. You're going to have to come back. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Hickman's Fantastic Four. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Leading into FF. I mean, that's the best story I've ever read. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you want to take my that's a good recommendation humble then. opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good recommendation. I loved that story with every fiber of my being. Mm-hmm. Matt Fraction's Defenders. Yeah, that's a good one. Really? Wow. <laughs> it's what's well, screwy and weird and filled with characters doing interesting things, and you don't need to know much going in except yeah. sort of who they are. Yeah. Well, hmm. but what about uh, what about things that y- you know you read maybe twenty, thirty years ago that you think hold up? Maybe longer ago than that that you think hold up now? Uh, I'm sure he's probably read Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Right. So then my always go to position is Tri Squadron Supreme. Okay. Which Grunwald did the year before. That's a good one. That's, that's very, very good. That's a very good point. Um, Stephanie, do you have any? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure there's tons that, you know, when I have, like, my shelves up and everything at my new place, I'll be able to be like, yes, that. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's hard to think of them just off the top of my head. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Sorry. Bob, go ahead. Sure. The Cree Squirrel War. Mm-hmm. From back in the late 60s, early 70s, it's every character in the Avengers, it's the Kree and the Skrull, and they're fighting, and we're in the middle, and a lot of stuff you just saw in Infinity, the seeds of it are planted back there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. And, and you get the Finn. The Finn? I'm not spoiling the end. Rick Jones does some stuff, and he... Rick Jones, Bert. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> that, that should be a skit. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Jones. I'm Rick Jones, bitch. <laughs> um, I'm mean, sorry I don't have any better answers for no, you. This is something right. I would really need to think about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you can think about it, and then we'll, we'll, we can email. There are a ton of old... Like, go ahead, Steph. No, I'm like looking through what's in my room because I have a ton of stuff in here that is just in boxes, but I don't have my glasses on and everything is far away. 
I would suggest I would suggest instead of the crisis on infinite arts, the going earlier, the earlier classics that led to that, the crises then, it was the crossovers, Justice League, Justice Society. Mm. And as the years went further up, they started adding extra characters. So some of them have the Legion, mm-hmm. the Shazam family are in there, the quality characters like Dollman and Phantom Lee and all mm. that. And they kept trying new things. All-Star Squadron brought the Justice, Justice Society's kids and everything in mm. with Infinity Inc. Lots of heroes, and generally speaking, in that period, looking at George Perez art, which mm. you can't go too wrong with that. Right, absolutely. Uh, the Mark Wade Flash run, I believe it's in the '90s, uh, is, is fantastic. And if I read it, you know, just like two years ago, and it, and if you like his work on anything else, it, it, it it's right there. It doesn't feel like anything different mm-hmm. than reading Daredevil. Um, okay, really, really um, good Alan Davis is the nail. Oh, which right. is the so alternate, that, the yeah. alternate history of the Justice League, where right. things go, and there are two of those. They're both very good. Mm-hmm. Really. Cool. What about like, is it just superhero stuff? Sorry. Yeah, he didn't mention only superheroes. I mean, he does say, uh, you know, he doesn't say superheroes, but all the books that he mentions as examples are superhero books. And what? Sorry, one more time. What was the ones that he mentioned? Like he mentioned Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns and Kingdom Come as good examples. Oh well, if he hasn't read Justice yet and you like Kingdom Come, oh Justice, Justice is great. That's an um, awesome pick. And this isn't like Justice or Kingdom Come, but. Marvel 1602 is a really cool... Oh, yeah, yeah. the Neil Gaiman um, thing is really, really good. Alternate, yeah. like, one-off kind of thing. Yeah. And again, it's Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. I was reading, like, a best-of list this year, and everyone else had paragraphs written up about their books, and under the ocean at the end of the lane, it just said, reason for buying, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> so, I mean, if you haven't read Marvel 1602, mm-hmm. that is a legitimate answer to, or, like, sell on the book, apparently. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Huh? You don't need to know anything else. In that case, also, you it takes throw, place in 1602. Mm-hmm. You can well, throw it in the Sandman series. I mean, I haven't read it, so I, I, I assume that it's correct. <laughs> I trust that it would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I have a crazy one. Mm-hmm. Robert Kirkman's original Marvel Zombies. Oh, yeah. It, it's the characters, and it is gruesome and funny and bizarre, mm-hmm. and it it's an idea that went on too long. They kept adding mm-hmm. to it, and it got dopier and dopier. Right. They were introduced in Ultimate Fantastic Four and sprang off into their own little thing. And Marvel mm-hmm. Zombies is a hoot and a half. Yeah, um, something I read uh, when I, about a year ago, two years ago, was uh, the Judas Contract, which is the new Teen Titans. It's um, oh, that's yeah, great. Uh, Wolfman yeah. and Perez, uh, which is fantastic. And that fe- that feels like it could come out. It could have come out fifty years ago. It could have come out yesterday. You know, it, it, it's timeless storytelling. It's emotional. It's excellent. You know, it, it's it's great stuff. Um, what is that? The Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, that one story, the Hecate or something? The Hecatea, I think. <laughs> I'm, my Greek isn't very good. We need Greg here because he corrected me when he was here. So I think we're both wrong, but that's a great uh, Wonder Woman and Batman story. That yeah, was his awesome. first run at that character. It's J.G. Mm. Jones on the art on that. Gorgeous, um, gorgeous art. Yeah. Red Sun. Yeah, Red Sun's great. Uh, for All Seasons? Mm-hmm. For All Seasons is awesome. The, all the Tim Sale, Jeff Loeb stuff, if you want to read stuff that's timeless, that, you know, Superman... Long uh, Halloween. Yeah, long, I mean, mm-hmm. Long Halloween, Dark Victory. Um, we mentioned Spider-Man Blue already. All that stuff is, is great. Yeah, definitely check that stuff out. Uh, Catwoman, One in Rome. Yep, yeah, as well. Some Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. So there, there are some uh, recommendations uh, for you. Um, and... Uh, we, Bob, we also this is something that we, we might have to talk about uh, as maybe a, a sideshow. But um, Dan, Daniel Murphy wants to know if 
can we get, uh, can we listeners possibly get a segment that has something like Bob Ryer versus the Marvel Unlimited app? In this weekly segment, Bob would select a single issue or small story arc available on the Marvel Unlimited, and the next week have a brief discussion surrounding it. His depth of knowledge is unparalleled, and it would be way way more fun to read these classic stories and pivotal moments with a guy like Bob to give context well, and analysis. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Well, it's sort of with Steve's book club. We, yeah. We, we did some of that. Yeah. But it's more of like a mini version of it. Like every week. I think that's something we definitely discuss. I think that might be a cool idea. It's kind of like uh, Fanboy Film School from Marvel Fanboy Remix days. That one, well, everyone got pretty sick of me picking stuff <laughs> rather but quickly. The era, but, but as far as comic book goes, people, I think we all could use uh, some schooling on the old school stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the more deep knowledge stuff. And the Marvel Unlimited app, for anybody who subscribes to it, it's a great way to, to do that stuff for our listeners, mm-hmm. um, to get that stuff without having to, to break the bank, trying to find issues and stuff like sure, that. Sure, and our friend Lauren has been telling us that she emails, tweets, or whatever mm-hmm. you call what she does, to, <laughs> is it Agent M, his Agent, name is, Agent or M. something? Yeah, 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 yeah. And apparently you can make requests, and they actually act on them. Yeah, yeah. They're a good team over there. So I want, I want to see then uh, their adult magazine Adventures of Pussycat. That's the one I want to see. It's, it's, it goes for about $100. So do I. I'd oh. certainly like to see it. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to segue over to new releases. Um. <laughs> What's new, Pussycat? <laughs> All right, you. All Look, right. Pussycat. It was just nice and charming. And she's a spy is what it is. I'm yeah, sure. Stop being a perv. I'm, oh, come on. Perv. Me, meow, <laughs> please. I I regret to be that. All right. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't. And you shouldn't. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. I shan't. <laughs> okay, here we Bobby's go. Bobby's ready. I'm ready to the new releases. All right, <laughs> we're busy. Mm. Come back to us later. From Avatar Press, we have George R. Martin's Skin Trade number four and Uber number eight. Uh, from Boom Studios, we have Three Guns, number five, Adventure Time, Candy Capers, number six, Daymen, number two, Deathmatch, number 12, Protocol Orphans, number two of four, Regular Show Skips, number two, and Sons of Anarchy, number four. Ooh. From Dark Horse Comics, we have Abe Sapien, number eight, Brain Boy, number zero, Clown Fatal, number two of four. Um, we've got. They're making that up. Yeah, no, I'm not making that up. Clown <laughs> no, Fatal. not you, them. Oh, yeah. Conan and the People of the Black Circle, number three of four. Eerie Comics, number four. Halo Escalation, number one. Uh, Shaolin Cowboy, number three of four. Star Wars, number 12. And X, number eight. From DC Comics, we have Astro City, number seven. Batgirl, number 26. That's the end of that arc. Oh, wow. Batgirl Wanted? Yeah, before we move into Gothtopia. Gotcha. Batman, number 26. (laughs) Uh, Batman Black and White, number four. Batman Little Gotham, number nine. Coffin Hill, number three. Constantine, number nine. Uh, Federal Bureau of Physics, number six. Forever Evil Arkham War, number three. Green Lantern Corps, number 26. Justice League, number 25. Justice League 3000, number one. Justice League of America, number 10. Katana, number 10. Uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, 100-page spectacular, number one. Uh, Nightwing, number 26. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 40. Smallville Season 11, Alien, number one of four. Mm. Suicide Squad, number 26. Superboy, number 26. Uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, number three. World's Finest, number 18. 
15. Worst cover of the week. <laughs> uh, Dynamite Entertainment, we have Army of Darkness versus Hackslash, number four. We have Battlestar Galactica, Starbuck, number two. We've got uh, Deja Thoris and the Green Men of Mars, number eight. We've got Doc Savage, number Ooh. one. Grim the Warlock, <laughs> number one. King's Watch, number three. Um, we've got... Sorry, Pathfinder, number 12, Shadow Year One, number five, Sherlock Holmes, Moriarty Lives, number one, Uncanny, number five, um, we've got Warlords of Mars, Deja Thoris, number 33. From IDW, we have Danger Girl, The Chase, number four, G.I. Joe, number 11, G.I. Joe Special Missions, number 10, Haunted Horror, number eight, Indestructible, number one of four, we've got... Uh, uh, Little Abner, Volume 6. We've got Magic the Gathering, Theros, number 2. Max Maximized, number 2. Memory Collectors, number 2. Other Dead, yes. number 4. Powerpuff Girls, number 4. Um, we've got Rocketeer, The Spirit, Pulp Friction, number 4 of 4. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I know. Between 1 and 2, it was 2 months. Yeah. And the next 3 came out in 4 weeks. Yeah, I know. Um, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Color Classics, Volume 2, number 2. Um, we've got... Uh, Transformers Prime Beast Hunters, Wraith I, number eight. Sorry, Stephanie? No, sorry. Oh my, just. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we've got Wraith Welcome to Christmas Land, number two, and X Files Season 10, number seven. Um, from Ooh. Image Comics, um, we've got Alex and Ada, uh, number two. Yeah. Uh, of 15, apparently. Yes. Um, Chu, number 38. Darkness, number 116. Dead Body Road, number 106. Drumheller number two, uh, Godland finale, uh, hap, uh, Invincible number one oh seven, Krampus number one, <laughs> Lazarus number five, Manifest Destiny number two, Protectors Inc number two, Satellite Sam number five, three number three, and Walking Dead number one eighteen. From Marvel Comics we have A plus X number fifteen, Amazing Spider-Man number seven hundred point uh, two and three. Yep, are out. Um, we got uh, Avengers AI number seven point in humanity. Uh, we've got Cable <laughs> and X Force number seventeen. Captain America number fourteen. Captain America Living Legend number four. Captain uh, nope sorry nope wrong. Ca- uh, Cataclysm the Ultimates number two of three. Cataclysm Ultimate Spider Man number two of three. We've got Emerald City of Oz number five of five. Got um, Inhumanity: The Awakening number one of two. Marvel Knights Hulk number one of four. Uh, we've got uh, Mar- Mighty Avengers number four point inh. We've got Nova number eleven. Uh, we've got Superior Foes of Spider Man number six. We've got Thunderbolts number nineteen. Uncanny X Men number fifteen point inh. Wolverine number twelve. Wolverine the X Men number thirty nine. And Wolverine Max number fourteen. Um, from Oni Press, we have Sixth Gun, number 36. From Valiant Entertainment, we have Archer and Armstrong, number 16. Harbinger, number 19. Unity, number 2. And from Zenoscope, we've got Grim Fairy Tales Presents, Code Red, number 1. And No Tomorrow, number 4. And that's what's on the shelves right now. Mm. Light week, Steve? I counted 20 books. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of books. It is a lot of books. I'm probably wrong. It's probably twenty five. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably. No, I, it's a lot of those are, are are questionable. You know what it is? We read so many things that I fall behind with some that I I'm trusting that they're still good or that they've been like example Coffin Hill number three. Mm-hmm. 
I was I was so excited for that to come out, and I was iffy on one. I really I couldn't follow it very much. I didn't hear anything back from anyone about number two. It got really good reviews. It got great reviews. All right. Well, number three is coming out, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's something I should still be buying. And now we're at three, and then we're kind of halfway through a trade. So do you stop? Do you trust? I feel like this is you we're <laughs> talking about. Like, if it was one of us, we'd be like, sure, stop. But every time you post a photo of your pull list, it's kind of just like, I, wow. You haven't done that in a long time. No, I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I know, but like. I feel bad if I tell you not to read it, and then. It's and, awesome. And it's awesome. And it's going to be like, well, I didn't get it because you told me not to get it. Well, why don't you wait for the tree? <laughs> yeah. That's so we what we tell everyone else to do, right? Oh, you make it sound so easy. Yeah. It's very easy. It's very easy. No, there'll be, there'll definitely be a couple of cuts <laughs> tomorrow. And then I'll be back to the store to pick them up after I hear from everybody. Yeah. That they were awesome. <laughs> you didn't get Coffin Hill number three. It was oh amazing. Oh, my God. Dude, book of the year. <laughs> now, c- can I offer a bit of advice? <laughs> You're... You, you're really good friends with Rob mm-hmm. and yeah. Darren and everyone in the store. And while you're standing there, <laughs> instead of twixting or whatever you I'm call not, it, I twixting? work, Bob. Twixting. Twixting. How about she you, you sneak to the side and read Coffin Hill number three and number two and see whether we or not. number two already. Uh, but. <laughs> No, I, you're right. I could do that, but you're not hurting anybody. First of all, between twixting in the store, <laughs> I'm I'm helping out. I I bag stuff. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. There there are moments where you could at least thumb through it and say, I, "This is for me. This is not for me." Mm-hmm. Or I could wait and read this all in a lump mm-hmm. and yeah. not agonize. <laughs> Just saying. No, I agree with you. Absolutely. It's my wallet that agonizes, not me. Yeah. I'm like, fucking bring it on. And my wallet's like, no, Christmas is coming. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, if you have any tips for Steve, at Talking Comics on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Talking Comics, or podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. Hi, my name is Steve, and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. start buying Valiant Comics, Steve. Yeah. Uh, um, Gambit, Comics, buy some Gambit. Yeah, Gambit's done until we X-Factor. Get some uh, Krampus. Yeah, Krampus, number one. Uh, TalkingComicBooks.com is the website. Check out our reviews, articles, videos that go up there. Um, next week, we are launching a new look for the site, so get ready for that. Dun, dun, dun. And also next week, we're going to start uh, doing our end-of-the-year deliberations. So, like I said, get in um, any of yours. If you want to send lists, guys, if you send me a list, a thought-out list with written things, I'll absolutely post it on the site under a, 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 a you know, a reader uh, best-of oh, list. Great idea. We'll be doing polls again, correct? Yeah, so we're doing polls as well. Yeah. But if anybody takes the time and it's well-written, I'll absolutely post it. So, um, with the, yeah, we'll have polls up. So don't worry. The, the actual yeah, the, like the, the reader, the actual votes. site's yeah. award will be. You will have the votes up, so you guys can just hit a button and vote. You don't have to put that much effort into it. I promise. But um, if can anybody we do that? anybody wants to no. know, <laughs> anybody who wants to put in more effort uh, can, and we will be rewarded. Uh, just hand you a scantron and have the next four weeks off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, yeah. So that's gonna wrap up the show uh, for this week. Um, if you want to get in touch. With me, it's at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Steve? Mine is at dead underscore anchorus. Stephanie? I'm at Hello Cookie. Oh, and where can they read your um, your accounts of your misadventures? Uh, yeah, so the whole, I, I wrote up the first half of it, which was the border incident. So that's misfortunecookie.ca, and it'll be the blog. It's the latest blog that I've posted up there. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And just super quickly, too, with Christmas coming up, I'm doing Christmas cards, and I'm sending them out to lots of people. So if anyone wants one... You're crazy. You, 
What? <laughs> it's limited to like you know North how many America. I have, right. but if I happen to, I, I still have some left over after like the ones I've taken. So send me an email at stephaniecook at talkingcomicbooks.com. There you go. There mm-hmm. you go. Oh, we also we ran a contest. Oh, yeah. Uh, for EXO Man of War. Yeah, uh, trade oh, something. from Valiant. Um, they're nice enough to uh, donate some books for us to give away. Um, Stephanie, do you want to go over those um, now? Um, I kind of lost the. I closed it by accident where you, this everything was, and I don't want to. You threw me around. out of the bus, Stephanie. You brought <laughs> it up I earlier. I know, but the thing is, that is a good thing to announce as well because we're going to be giving away three copies of the book, and I'm going to be posting those up. Uh, sometime oh i guess today <laughs> because time travel so i'm sorry for throwing you under the bus there that's all right i had mentioned it to bobby earlier that i was going to announce them but i closed the tab and i'm not sure where it's gone to <laughs> can we so, maybe announce it in the show notes well we'll, we'll, we'll make it to own post okay i'll, be, I'll do the post yeah it'll be it's, post. Be it's very cool it was awesome of them to donate yeah. the yeah. prizes and if you like these contests and other things you know Make sure you participate and let us know so Absolutely. we can get more. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that is going to do it for Talking Comics for this week. For Steve. Happy holidays. Bob. Good night. And Stephanie. Oh, ho, ho. I have been Bobby. <laughs> Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. Continued.